everybody, and welcome to what do we say? It's episode eleven of Coom TV, uh, and it's probably—I don't know whether it should actually be episode nine B because nine didn't really happen. Did it? it kind of did. It ended up as another Tom and Dawes show, really, didn't it? But uh, thank you for sticking with us for that one. And it's great to see that you're coming in already. Uh, I deliberately left myself a couple of uh, seconds late there just to tease you, just so you thought it wasn't going to work again. It has. Our guests are here this time. They are definitely on the show. They're in the background, staying deliberately quiet, so we're not messing with any of the technical stuff. Tim Perry, hello. Uh, Evening, everyone. Hope you're all well. We are. Thank you very much. Uh, Emma getting a question in nice and early, so that's good. We'll go that. Mark Mitchell from the uh, the Orange Army. Ben Hayward. Lee White from the Medical. Great to see you guys coming in. And, of course, it's going to increase as we go. Uh, we tend to get more numbers than I've told Brian and Ilsa so far because I don't want them to be nervous. But on that note, let's bring in our, our very special guests. It's the Coxes, Ilsa and Brian Cox. Hello, both. Hello. How the devil are you? Very good. Thank you very much. It, we've made it at last, haven't we? That was, we've had a stressful week, haven't we, really, trying to get this working? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't do that to me. You've gone quiet on me now. Now I'm panicking because you guys genuinely have actually gone quiet on me. So uh, that's uh, not the, not what we were hoping for. Right, I'm going to uh, boot them back out again. And also, you're going to have to do your magic again because bizarrely, it has gone quiet. I don't know why. Uh, on the iPad. So do your, do your 30 seconds, Ilsa, and it will uh, get you back in again. So we're just going to take them off. They're going to come back in again. Apologies if we have this a few times during it. It shouldn't be doing this. I don't know why, other than the fact that it's on an iPad. So it might be sort of playing uh, silly games with it. But they've done a fabulous job on getting this working, where um, when we turn the camera from uh, back facing away from them to front facing, we lost the audio. So what they've done is a great setup is that they've got um, keep it on the back one, turn it round, and then they've got a mirror showing them the front end. Here they go. They're coming back in again now. And I could hear them then. I'll just allow them time to get the camera sorted back out again. And uh, let's do show in screen, counting them down. In we go. Right. <laughs> you're both back again. That was just bizarre, wasn't it? You just suddenly went silent on me. The whole screen went black, Chris, once again. Oh, did it? It doesn't continue happening, but it just all went black, everything. You, we couldn't see you, we couldn't hear you, nothing. So anyway, if, come back in. If anything, that kind of makes a bit more sense then. That, that, that's good. But don't panic. As you've seen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you've seen how quickly it is for them to be able to get back in again if we have to do that. And you know I'm able to waffle. But yeah, I was just explaining that you guys have been flat out. You've got the setup with mirrors and a fourth gear holding the iPad up at the right angle. You've really yeah. gone to town. Yeah. We've got a box which is set of fourth gear box from the from the Cupra holding literally the laptop at the right angle because it's facing the wrong way. So initially when you put it on its uh, stand, it looks at our knees, which I are very nice there's nothing wrong with these but i didn't think you want to see them so we put them with the with the help of fourth gear kit to look at our faces yeah. with a mirror so we can see you vaguely in the distance so you can see me waving yeah our knees might have been better than our yeah. children, <laughs> children would probably agree with that but anyway never 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 everybody's delighted that we're seeing uh, uh the, the the queen of coom and uh and I, I feel like we should be giving you a name as well brian but i guess she's kind of uh, been around more recently the consort, the consort of Pooh. Absolutely, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It is just such an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know that you've been watching some of the shows uh, and what have you. I mean, it, it's kind of a um, not just weird with the circumstances, but weird because we didn't know whether we'd be seeing you this year or not, Ilsa, because Henry's gone. Henry has gone, yes. Henry's now living in Germany somewhere, which oh. the current times that we're living in probably wasn't a bad move on our part to advertise him late last year and, and sell him in December. So, um Yes, Henry went. Um, interesting journey that was. Interesting journey. After much uh, sort of negotiations, we agreed with uh, Manfred, who was buying the car, that we would we would take it to um, Dover, get a ferry across, and meet them in the Ocean Car Park, and that all worked very well because they were actually there when we when we got there in, in, on a whatever day it was yeah. where we went. Our lovely son-in-law Dave came along and helped us on that day, and he was amazing. So, uh, yes. Oh wow! But, I bet that was a sad day. It was a sad day, but at the same time, we've had Henry for over ten years. Um, wow. Other things had happened, and and we just sort of came to the point. Well, this is the time for him to go, and I know I loved him more than anybody, and I know he was well loved at Castle Coombe as well. So, um, but it was sad. I shed a few tears, but I'm all right. That's fine. We've moved on. But my, I've still got a race license, so who knows this year or next year or whenever. I'm still going to keep it up to date. We're just having a little break for the moment, but in view of this, what's going on, it was the right time to have a break, really, yeah, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, ironically, yeah, you're not actually missing anything, which, yeah, yeah. it works out well. How far, and I don't know how much you're prepared to share or able to share, but I know that there was uh, sort of like thought processes of what this year potentially was going to uh, contain how far down the line had you got yeah well we we very i very much was quite keen on doing some um two driver racing with my son-in-law dave russell who did a race at yep. hot hatch and he is really one awesome. of the yeah he is one of, he also did some other racing um uh, with the raf um and he is one of the having been an instructor for over 15 years he's yeah. one of the best drivers yeah. i've ever sat next to in a car we, so we, was, we both we both took him out at uh, Coombe and I was very impressed and Ilsa was very impressed. And I um, was really keen on doing some two driver stuff with him. A, to keep my hand in but B, to have a nice strong pair of arms to help me with wheel changes and things that were starting to get a little bit tough for me because, uh, you know, Brian it. can't do it anymore and I've, I've, it was left to me for the last few years. So I was quite keen on doing that. Um, and then things changed. Um, we've, we've had a few sort of medical issues, things like that. Um, and Dave got in with the RAF motorsport team and has now got a drive in a BMW. And funny enough, we have already been to a race circuit this year on the 13th of March, on Friday the 13th of March, before the lockdown, Dave was testing at Brands, would you believe? So we wow. went along and supported him and went well, and watched for a couple of hours. So it was great. But, but Chris, what else has forgot to say? We had virtually bought it. We were going to win a buy a Clio. And um, what was the name of the company that Westmore Motors? Westmore Motors, yeah. Motors. Yeah, we actually we were good friends with Richard, who runs Westmore we... Motors, and we actually went and had a look at their car, one of their cars, because they're quite close to us here in Sussex. And we actually almost got to the point of buying it, and then we went on holiday, and things just changed in my mind, and we just changed our minds about it, to be honest. Um, and we knew that Dave was quite well set up in the RAF motorsports team so I didn't I felt guilty about letting him down in some ways but on the other hand I thought well he has got some racing this year we'll still go along the support and it doesn't mean we can't maybe think about it in the future it just just depends what happens fair enough so um if that was going to be a Clio then was that going to be something like in the uh in the 750 in the 750 motor club yeah, yeah. 
throw it clean on the sort of two hour enduro championship that's in the 750 motor club because we've raced years ago in the hot hatch championship yeah. we love the motor club we've done several burkitt races which have been my favorite events ever you know for long distance events um and we love the way the 750 goes and it's a really well run well run club um so to have done that would have been great, really, sort of stepping back a little bit, not quite so professional as some of the, you know, other championships we've been in in the past. So um, it would have been good um, and good fun to have got out. But there you go. Maybe in the future. What about um, instructing? But I think you let your instructor uh, license lapse, haven't you? Well, we both did it. I think he also did it for about another three or four years than, than I did. I did it for 10 and what, wow. what finally finished off, we'd, we'd, we'd been to a, a, a day out at Thruxton, and on the way home, I got nicked for speeding, <laughs> 84 mile an hour. And the guy sat me in the car, and he said, I'd like you to look at this. And it was, it was just getting dark. And I said to him, well, um, of course knows about this. And he said, only you, you and me. I said, well, can't we forget about it? He said, I've just booked someone else at 82 mile an hour. Oh, God. <laughs> I... Off. No, that was. I mean, to be honest, I I, I loved the fifteen years I did instructing. Um, really loved it, and I've even got a t-shirt on with Castle Coombe on because I, I noticed your dad was trying to watch last week, and I hope he's tuned in now. <laughs> and I I think that was really sweet that I, I'd apparently taken him round at Coombe, which was lovely. Um, and I love my time instructing, but it's really long days. It's, you know, we had to, because bear in mind where we live in, in Hogue in Sussex, um, we'd have at least a two, if not three hour drive each way. Coming back on a Friday night from Coombe, if I left at six, I didn't get home sometimes till nine, 10 o'clock. Yeah. And, you know, and it, so you're leaving home at five in the morning, you don't get home till 10. And the pay's average, shall I say, as an instructor. So, um, you know, it wasn't But we had some great on. times. I mean, we, we went all around the country with, um, uh, organised by Thruxton, wasn't it, for, for Vauxhall um, in their VXR jobs. Oh, yeah. Which frightens you to death because <laughs> they, they, they just put these people in it. I think they paid 60 quid to go in it and they just ragged the car. <laughs> and you, you got to the state where you knew they could never spin them because of the electronics on the car. Yeah, but a lot. I mean, I started at Castle Coombe Racing School uh, in 1997, just uh, after I'd won the um, saloon car championship. Alan Cooper asked me if I'd like to come and become an instructor. And actually, to be honest, my fondest memories of uh, instructing at Castle Coombe because. Um, I, in those days, it was with the likes of Terry Sanger, Roly Hamlin, um, uh, Steve, whose surname eludes me. And, I mean, Terry Sanger, Tony what Dolly. a character. Tony. Tony, Tony joined us a bit later. Tony Dolly, obviously, we instructed with yeah. for a long, long time. And we've raced with Tony. I've had some amazing races with Tony Dolly. He's an amazing yeah, guy. Yeah, he couldn't keep up with me. It was always Brian and Tony had a slight ego thing going on. <laughs> I just used to get in the middle of them and t t tear them apart. But, yeah, that was that was the point. But, yeah, I've instructed with Tony Donnyfoot. But some of the stories I had with, like, the likes of Tony Sanger years ago in, in instructing are just uh, just mind-blowing. So, yeah, good fun, good fun. I loved it at Coombe. I always loved instructing at Coombe. And I've got to bring it up. I've sort of delved down because I knew he would be. Is that my dad there, David Dawes? Hi. Uh, he's misspelt it, but hi, uh, Ilsa. I'm here watching. Lovely to see you. I knew he would be because absolutely, he was absolutely delighted. And I know it always winds you up when I say this is that I remember as a youngster. <laughs> <laughs> you hate it when I start the sentence with that. 
but but to me it's 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 a big deal because you guys were like absolute heroes to me the two red Peugeots, um but you know just having fabulous fights in the saloons and everything. And, and also certainly by the time I was watching, it was really you that was sort of like, you know, taking the whole thing by storm. And we loved it. We loved that fight. That was what got me, one of the key things that got me hooked on racing. And, and, you know, that was dad that started taking me there. And, and, you know, it was, it was a major part of our life as father and son in reality. And then when he got you as an instructor, he was made up. Yeah, oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bless him. Yeah, and I know you always bring up the fact that you were a child when I was racing, which always makes me feel about 503 years old. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean it in a lovely, loving way, though, Elsa. You know it. <laughs> well, it's good to see even Tim Perry, one of the mighty Orange Army there, saying hello, Mr. Dawes Senior. So it's nice to see that my dad's uh, uh, watching. In fact, his, uh, his other comment that he's put as well, is uh, how great to see two legends being interviewed. And, uh, and, and you know, that is why the numbers, even on the, uh, shall we call it the aborted show last week, is that they stayed with us because the numbers were big. It's, you know, you guys are, I, I use a phrase, folklore, and it's, it's a key thing that we're trying to do with this show is to sort of get some of the big names. And, you know, you are, and, and you must have felt that, both of you, is that Castle Coombe always has big crowds watching. Yeah, particularly, I think, particularly in the 90s. I remember when I first started to do the saloon car championship. And I remember I always used to, have, like, to try and have a walk around the circuit during the day just to, you know, stretch your legs after you've qualified and you've sorted the car out. And you've got a couple, as you know, there's always sitting around doing nothing for in between races if everything's good with the car. Um, and I used to walk around and in the end I couldn't do it anymore because there were so big crowds. I felt so, it made me feel so nervous that then I sat in the car and I was like, my foot was <laughs> shaking on the clutch and I was in a terrible state. So I had to stop going around because the crowds were huge, enormous, particularly yeah. as I say, the late nineties and early noughties that, you know, big, and they are still very big compared to other circuits. You, you yeah. get huge crowds. It's amazing. You know, the great difference between Castle Coombe and all the other circuits is that it's run on the spot. All the other circuits go out to like the BARC or the BRLCC, and there's always that sort of feeling of, of almost not indifference, but you know, they're, they're not they're not really bothered. They're just organising a race meeting. Mm. It's nice to come to Coombe because you do feel like you're coming back to your family every time. Like almost look put, putting on a very comfortable pair of slippers. So it's amazing, yeah. lovely. And, and and in fairness, I think we found that with this Coombe TV that we've done is that we've tried to sort of do this to to sort of help people and what have you. And it's just been an absolute family together. I mean, uh, you know, Tim Perry's always there and he's called me a tease where I delayed it at the beginning. Pete Spiller uh, of, uh, of Dave Spiller fame, shall we say, is easier. <laughs> Sorry, Pete, but you got to speak about the lad. Um, he's saying evening all. Nathan Nichols, one of the current breed, of course, saying good evening. They're all tuning in. Uh, base Carter, um, evening, dilly dilly. That's the the, uh, the the Orange Army phrase now. Yeah. <laughs> Taking plenty of abuse though myself. Dominic Hyatt saying plenty of shine on that forehead. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and the dilly dilly's coming in. Darren Duffield, there's absolutely loads of them uh, saying it. Thank you for, for your involvement. Uh, Andrew Bird saying good evening. Uh, Gerald Howell, Martin Bennett, one of our uh, commentators, primarily on the two wheels, but he does a lot of the action shows and uh, and everything else. Uh, uh, Emma Strawford is in. We're going to see it here very shortly, and they're welcome to come up whenever you're ready, because I'm sure my wife and daughter are watching. Your number one fan will be up to ask a question in a minute. She'll get no. nervous, but she, she's got to come up. 
I love Lauren. She's amazing. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so proud that she likes me as much as a driver because it just it melts my heart. Thank you. <laughs> well, you uh, you had the time, and she still talks about it. Is that sadly you were, uh, should we say, punted off a quarry direction? I think uh, uh, last season, and you then rushed round, and you were watching. Uh, I think it was watching your son-in-law uh, at that point, wasn't it? Up at camp. Yeah with them and she was like beside herself like starstruck <laughs> <laughs> bless her she's such a sweetheart she's absolutely oh. lovely and when we were when we were doing a test last week i did enjoy watching her gymnastics in the garden Hi, yeah. <laughs> she's even done her hair for you by the looks of this as well oh. so no it's fine it's just down right i've got a hope that this works with the microphone here so you're going to ask your question lauren um, what's your favourite thing to do when you're not racing? Oh, that's a great question, Laura. Absolutely great question. <laughs> Sun Is it, does it have to be one thing? Because there's loads of things I like to do. <laughs> um, yeah, so Brian's right, sunbathing, going on holiday and lying in the sun is one of my favourite things, with a cocktail preferably. However, I do run and captain two netball teams in Brighton and Worthing, and... I, that it takes a lot of my time when I'm not racing. So, um, yeah, playing netball, really, which you probably play at school, do you? You haven't done netball yet, have you? No. Oh, yeah. It's great fun. So, uh, yeah. Oh, dear. And I told you she'd say netball, didn't I? <laughs> what, what did you think I'd say? Eating. That's another one of my favourite things, eating. You did, you did. You got it anyway. She was going to get, I said that you'd say netball, and I said, but if she doesn't, you can have a pack of sweets, but you did say netball, so she doesn't get a pack of sweets now. Oh, oh yes, she does. Oh, she's already eaten it. That's right. <laughs> Lauren, I'll get your dad to send me your address and I'll send you a pack of sweets. She's going to send you a pack of sweets. I will. <laughs> In fact, if you're anything like my kids, who obviously we can't see at the moment, I've been sending them homemade cookies and homemade brownies. So how, how do you fancy that? What I do is I freeze them before I send them so that by the time they get their first glass, they're defrosted and ready to eat. And there you go. Wow, you're excited now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. You've got to ask your question. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Bye. <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Lauren. Bless her. She's been so excited. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen, watching. I know that wasn't my normal professional standards, but she's your number one fan, Ilsa, and you told me I was allowed to do that. <laughs> I I don't know. I've got to be honest, Brian. I think she's overtaking you there, mate. Honestly, she is. She's, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I've got up here, uh, Emma Strawford saying, uh, yay, they are here. Uh, and, and absolutely. And she put the question. It's gone off the top of the screen, so I can't put it up. But she asked a question that was really good. That was, who is, it's a double-barreled one. Who is your favourite competitor? that you've ever gone against and who was your toughest competitor you've ever gone against? Let's put it to both of you. Um, Tony Dolly, because I had a lot of races with Tony Dolly and he's a great competitor. And I would think the other one would be Gary Preble, where we, we had a lot of racing in different series at different circuits. And uh, yeah, it was great. Was that, was that favourite or toughest or both? I would think both. I mean, Tony Dolly's a, a dear old friend of mine, and we've had some terrific scraps. I mean, I've forgiven him for putting me in the barriers, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not really. He hasn't really forgiven you. Tony. No, I could tell. I could tell. What about you, Elsa? Me? Well, I would 
would say similarly because I have raced against Tony and Gary. Obviously, I've had some had a great uh, Gary referred to it a couple of weeks ago in your show about uh, an incident where I came down the outside of him going into camp, which probably wasn't the best place to be going for the lead of the race. And, he and uh, yeah, Brian says he pushed her off. Um, I think he didn't give me the room I could have had. And, and Gary did refer to that incident and said I was just mad. But that's probably both. It's probably both, really. So there you are. Gary was great. Um, that's at Coombe. I mean, obviously, I've done a lot of racing. Chris Vinyl recently, we've had good races with in the Sayat because he had a similar Sayat. And, you know, he, he overtook me around the outside into Bobby's, which was an amazing move. I remember that. So, so you know, I've had some... There's just so many, aren't there? There's just so many competitors um, that we've raced against. Gary, uh, you know, we've been in races with Barry Squibb. Um, and I remember yeah. once he said to me, I saw you catching me. I'm bearing in mind he's in the Nebo, so not even in the same class. But he was. I, he looked in his mirrors and I was catching him up, you know, and there was a couple of laps to go. And he said, oh, I had to get on it a bit. But <laughs> So there's been so many people that uh, it's, it's very difficult to, uh, yeah, to pick one, really. No. But now yeah, that's a good. It was a good question. I thought I've got to put it. Just going to bring up, uh, although I've, I've missed the rest of it, but uh, even and everyone uh, from Chris Hignall, just wanted to say how much pleasure Brian and Nilsson gave me as a spectator for many a year. Uh, never imagined I'd end up doing the same at Castle Coombe, and, and it is. I think all of you drivers, it doesn't take long before you realise that there is a big following, a big family. Either side of the fence, that's the spectators, the mighty orange army and the drivers, the mechanics, the families. It's such an extended family. I mean, you said it was counterproductive, Ilsa, that you couldn't go wandering around. But it, it, it just must be lovely as well. Oh, it's, it's wonderful, especially on the days when I was just supporting Brian. He was racing and I could wander around and chat to people. Then there was no nerves involved. Was there? So I mean, we had a few years like that where one of us was racing and the other was having a year off. So that was great. And and I just I just love going to Coombe. And the, and the way that it's run, you know, by Emma and Joe. And I mean, Joe is amazing. She, the the, 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 the <coughs> rubbish she has to sometimes put up with <laughs> From, from my fellow drivers that I, you know, hear about, and she is amazing. Joe is just one of the amazing, the best coordinator I have ever, ever dealt with in 30, over 30 years of racing. I will put that without a doubt. And obviously Emma's in the office as well, and, and Maria, and all the girls that work in there, and, and, you know, all the people that run Coom are amazing, amazing. Everyone I've come in contact with over the years have been great. Absolutely. And I know that it would be breaking your heart as much to do with, uh, you know, Coombe and the struggles that it will be for that. I know that we've had conversations off air and it's just sort of like hurting you knowing that they're struggling. But we'll pull together. We'll we'll all get through this. Mike Skelton, um, he's turned around and said, what's the next project car? We, well, at the moment, it's just literally a sabbatical. We're having a bit of time off, and the next project car might be something like a Clio, like we talked about earlier. Um, but at the moment, it's a break, and uh, which at this time actually has come at a perfect time. So we'll see. We'll see how this year goes, and maybe next year we'll come back and do something else. But as I say, I've, I've renewed my licence, so it's not like I've Good. hung up the boots just because Henry went. Um, it's, it's just in the, in the pipeline, possibly, yeah. I like that. And good timing, Tim Perry said. Good timing for a break as well. Oh, I like this as well. We got Sophie Owen. Uh, do you miss racing against AJ? And I know AJ Owen oh. well. And he's got an amazing array of cars. Uh, Bluey is my favourite, the uh, Sierra Cosworth um, and, and his Honda and everything. And so she's asking, do you miss racing against AJ? Yeah, I do. 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 I do.
Oh. Well, we didn't race against him all that much. You we did a bit, didn't you? We did a little bit, but he was generally in a different series to us. Right. He's well, a great, he was a great driver. In fact, I remember we had one. One uh, I had one race with him at um, Silverstone, and coming down Brooklands, and I thought I was uh, late on the brakes, and he passed me <laughs> like I was to a dripping. Yeah, I, we we did have some races when he was in Bluey. Yes, quite a few because that was in the as it was part of the Thunder then. And then he tended, he moved into, was it the pre-something else with his yeah. father? He wasn't in the same races as us. We saw him every meeting and Sophie as well. Lovely to, I'm glad you're tuning in, Sophie. Nice to hear, hear from you. Um, so, yes, AJ is an absolute legend. and I mean, he is a fantastic driver and won yeah. everything he ever got in, really. I mean, especially in the Honda. Fantastic car and he's doing so well. He's been doing so, take my hat off to him. Great car, great driver. He is, and, and a lovely, lovely guy. Someone I'm proud to to call a friend of mine, to be honest with you, with uh, bumping into him quite a few times around the circuit. It'll, it'll be, use your thing with motorways, and there'll be that big gap, won't there? But suddenly it, you pick up as though there never has been a, a time delay. Yeah, that's very, very true, because um, because we've raced for so many years, you know, you might not see people for five, ten years. And then, I mean, like there's the whole CTCRC lot, you know, and, and you mentioned AJ's dad. Craig and you know all that bunch they're great great people to be with and then of course we did years in the Euro saloons which then went on to the Bark Thunder saloons which came to Coombe last year in uh, in you know in July I think it was um and so we've got and the huge so yeah and the 750 but you know people like Ian Froggett and Vaughan Fletcher that we raced yeah. with Robinson they're all in the Thunder saloons um brilliant guys and like you say when you haven't seen them for five years and then you see them in the paddock give them a hug and it's all like you saw them yesterday it's wonderful wonderful it is um uh i'm going to come back to this question i got on the screen for a second but i love the fact that sophie owen then actually uh corrected her post and added aj owen just in case we didn't know bless her we know aj owen we know aj owen he's a legend he's, he's a good friend of mine uh, but Mike Skelton's asked the question, and I was thinking this, and I was assuming it's what you were going to say. What about C1 racing? Yeah, I know that um, the Preble team <laughs> approached me, I think, last well, year and said, would I be interested to maybe have a drive with them if they had a seat, obviously. Yeah. And, um, yeah, possibly. We were also booked to go with our race mechanic, uh, Nick. Um, he was preparing two C1s in uh, High Wycombe for... Was it Daryl? Daryl, what was his surname? Daryl Go. Daryl Go. Oh, sorry, I got it wrong. Oh, the KAs, yeah, which is like the other one, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, that's the good thing is that we got a few of those things on the go now, haven't we? Yeah, we were going to do the KAs, but it it, it, it never it just, took off. It, it never took off the ground, actually. Yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I, as I say, I've got my license, so <laughs> who knows? But it um, looks fun, doesn't it? I'll be honest and say it's the one. Those sort of two, the KAs and the uh, the C ones, or even as the people know, is tempting me to to get a race license to do something like that as well. But that said, I think I'm better off talking about it. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you need to know a good panel base if you do. <laughs> I have seen that. I know. I know. Uh, Mary Tusi has said, uh, "Go, my dear friends. Loads of love, Mary." <laughs> oh, thank you very much. The Mrs. She's Dawes has bought. Mary's my old boss from work. I used to work at Lloyd's TSB with me. She gave me an interview in 1999 and employed me as an HR consultant. So there you go. And now we're best friends. So, uh... Wow, wow. Definitely. That's that's good. Uh, good to see Chris Mason's back on again. Uh, Medical Army. Uh, always here. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Good to see you back again. 
Um, ben Ship asking when you open for track days. No idea, mate, I'm afraid. <laughs> no idea at all. You tell us. Um, Becky Hill, another one of the Orange Army. I've taken Ilsa around in the winner's car. I thought she was going to say she drove me around when I'd broken down. So that's, that was the better end of the spectrum, really, because the Orange Army are wonderful. I love them to bits. They, well, we couldn't do it without them, could we? So that's quite simple. Um, and they're always very polite when you pull up at their post and you climb out your car. and <laughs> They have everything turned off. Yes, everything's turned off. And <laughs> it's just so nice to have a chat to them, really, when, unfortunately, the... You know, inevitable happens at, at quite a lot of meetings. Motorsport is funny like that. Yes, we're very fortunate. We both had lots of successes, but with every success comes, uh, unfortunately, a breakdown. I mean, even even our little technical problems last week, Chris, as you know, created a few <laughs> a few funny funny comments from Colin, who comes along and helps us out because he he sent me things. Well, it was all set up to go, and then a technical fault. Does that sound familiar? You know, yeah. Like, Fox Motorsport World, and I thought, yeah, it does actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, going back to that, the Orange Army are fantastic, and I thank everyone, every marshal that's ever ever helped me, or even just flag me. You know, give me a blue flag. Wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> no fair play indeed. I'm going to read this quickly before we lose it because it's a long one. I put it up, but Condi Eralda has said, um, oh, "I need to look. At, I'm losing a, a little bit off the thing. Let me just press that." Uh, My husband enjoyed watching you in the 1990s in the Handy Gas, which of course sponsored the. That was the saloons, wasn't it? At that point. Yeah. Uh, his dad thought you and Nick Williamson were fantastic. I think he wanted to buy the red 205 and Nick's car. Love to the both of you. Paul Berman actually was the one who put that, that oh, comment. Paul Berman, yeah. yeah we remember great, Paul yeah. Berman. And Nick Williamson. So we had some brilliant yeah, races with him. Yeah, Absolutely. We've seen Nick several times since then because, of course, Nick moved also into Euro Saloons and had a Fours Cosworth yeah, or something for a four-wheel drive Cosworth. I thing. think he's doing motorbikes and, now. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a previously was a bike racer, and then he went into cars because Kathy's beloved wife thought it was probably more sensible, and now he's gone back to bikes. So obviously midlife crisis, and you know, but he's a fantastic guy, Nick Williams, and love him to bits. Yeah, often see his car at the front end. I know that the Prebles were saying a shame that your uh, red two hundred five is not around for the hot hatches now. That would probably be kicking some butt. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I can't. I can't even remember who we sold it uh, to because it's such a long time Urquhart, ago. David Urquhart. Oh, oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah. David Urquhart had it, and then he had one of our two hundred sixes as well. I think so. Yeah, I can't really remember, but yeah. return customer. <laughs> return. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Peters Ennis. Uh, question for Ilsa. Why was the Seat's gearbox changed from DSG to sequential? It yeah, was a very, very gearbox. Yeah, very, very good question. It actually went to Barcelona for that upgrade. Would you believe Henry went on holiday, which was hilarious to us because we couldn't go because <laughs> Henry was on holiday in Barcelona. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, no, it went down there because it was thought that you had more control over braking and it gave you, you know, more additional braking when you're coming into corner. Whereas the the paddle shift. Um, gear change that Brian kept on his there was always a delay in the down change so as long as you were very strict with yourself and you didn't change down too early and overhead the engine um, you, you had more brake no you could with the stick shift as well with so, stick yeah. Shift, yeah so um, yeah as long as you didn't do that it was a much much quicker um, reduced reduction in braking time so um, that was why we did it and, and uh, it was a quicker it's a, it's a quicker, quicker gearbox as well quicker. right fair enough fair enough yeah. 
Uh, Rich uh, Morishat, apologies, I probably butchered that, uh, had a great day at Thruxton with the VXR event you were talking about earlier. Sat in both Brian and uh, in with Brian, both Brian and Ilsa that day. Best two runs of the day. So there you go. You brought back some great memories there, Brian, by mentioning that. Thank you, Rich. Lovely yeah. to hear from you. Uh, I like to see that Sophie's actually said, oh, finally, my brother is watching, AJ Owen. <laughs> I, I remember Sophie uh, we used to put a lot of effort. The first time I ever met uh, AJ was up at Alton Park with Bluey, that I just love that car so much. And there was an issue with it. And she suddenly ended up bringing a spare part from like the southeast all the way up <laughs> <laughs> to him. And I, for some reason, that still sticks in my head massively. Uh Matt Parr, one of our current uh, hot crops in the saloons. Good evening, guys. Great to have these guys on after the problems last time. All right, don't rub it in, Matt. <laughs> Should we start talking about your problems, Matt? <laughs> He's, we were discussing it last night. He won. Uh, I, I actually commentated last night at last on the, um, some sim racing, and Matt Parr secured the championship last night. So it's still happening. All right. Congratulations, yeah. Matt. Well done. I can't uh, like that electronic, so I'm, I'm, I know. <laughs> uh, Monica Sosinska hi Ilsa another friend I assume uh, Dave Rogers one of the Orange Army Coombe Legends uh, it, here's a good question from Tim Perry one of the Orange Army Ilsa what was your influence that got you into racing well I'm afraid to say it was him <laughs> I thought so we've been together for 37 yeah, years ish. It was me, um, I mean, we, we met when I was a sweet 16 and, uh, you know, never be kissed. Um, and <laughs> he bought me driving lessons initially, and then he bought me a day out of Brands Hatch School of Racing, which in those days they used to time you. God help us now if they did anything like that on school days. But run by Tony Lanfranchi, and um, it was great. And they sent you out Ford Escorts and XR3Is, and you used to go around, and if you didn't do quick enough, they used to come in and tell you off for not going faster. So that would all happen. <laughs> about 1986 and then in 1987 Brian stupidly bought me a Suzuki Swift and uh, sent me out racing well my first race ended up on the um, bank at Druid's Hairpin at Brands Hatch where I lost my exhaust the second race I ended up in the Woodcote Ar uh, Armco at uh, Woodcote at Silverstone and after that I thought maybe I'd better sort of step back and actually learn how to do this so, <laughs> no Brian, Brian taught me everything I had and then in 1989 we both had VW Golfs in the production saloon car championship and um, we used to go out for qualify and follow each other out. Brian used to go out and do his quick time, you know, his, his, his qualifying time within a couple or so laps, as you should be able to do as a good driver. And then he used to wait for me and drag me around so that I'd speed up a bit. So um, he, he's definitely my influence and everything, everything I've ever done racing-wise is down to him. So thank you. Yeah, I feel like a matchmaker now. That's good. Uh, <laughs> a bit, bit, bit of marriage counselling. Yeah. <laughs> or marriage counselling then. We'll go with that one instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, crikey, we got conversations going on with each other now. My dad saying hi to Tim as they were. Uh, uh, Tim had made a comment about uh, Mr. Senior. Major respect, uh, Ben Hayward uh, has said, for traveling all that distance for all these years. And, and I'm going to, it may be a question that comes out a little bit later, but I'm going to raise it now. What, you know, you, you're down uh, Brighton slash Hove, actually. Um, <laughs> 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 But I'm just saying, it's Brighton and Hove Albion, you know, and I know you love those, so I can get away with it. Um, but um, what what brought Coombe onto the radar then? I mean, it's a fair old well, distance. Where where we live is the only circuit that's near is, is Brands. Right? All the others are at least two and a half hours away. 
which is the same, which is the distance that Coombe is from us. So Coombe was the same, Thruxton was slightly nearer, um, Silverstone was the same distance, Snedderton was the same time, Alton Park was a little bit longer, yeah. so we didn't mind travelling. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing with Coombe, particularly in the relationship that's built and subsequently instructing there all those years and all that sort of stuff, is because in 1995, they introduced the Saloon Car Championship. At the time, we only had one 205 between us. So Brian did at the time the Monroe, I think it was the Monroe Production Saloon Car Championship in 1995. And it meant I could use the same car without getting another one and do the Coombe Saloon Car Championship. So as long as we didn't dent it between meetings and things like that for each other, we could actually run two championships with one car, which was all we could afford to do at the time. So we did that. And at the first meeting in 1995, which was the when it, it wasn't even a championship then, it was a series because it had to run for a year before becoming a championship. Um, I put it on pole. I think it was a one minute 12 on the old circuit. There you are. They're all da- they're down at those times now with two chicanes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I remember I led from from lights to flag for the race and everyone went, oh, there's a girl that's won a race. Oh, that's scary. You know, so I think that's where it all started, really. We had raced at Coombe before that, but not to the extent as there wasn't a saloon car championship. But you had so 10 we wins in that year, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. And one of the upsetting things about the, the, the wins that Ilsa had in that series, they, they've never counted in the Castle Coombe book of records. Because it was a series. Because it was a series. Than, yeah. So those 10 races never qualified as you might say for her total right okay uh and i'm just looking because i'm conscious that we're getting so many comments and questions in for you guys that they're they're sort of disappearing off the top for me here on this thing uh and so i'm gonna have to sort of like just show this one from monica sasinski who i'm assuming is to do with classic thunder um because she's disappointed there's no more women in classic thunder and she says she's got a trophy for you apparently (laughs) that's fantastic I wonder when that was from, but anyway, yeah, I mean, that tends to happen if you, it tends to happen if you live in Hove, because what happens is if you're up at Alton Park or somewhere and the race is at five o'clock, you tend to pack up and leave as quickly as you can, because you know mm-hmm. you've got a five hour drive home and you miss the award ceremony, unfortunately, that usually happens. Now, great question here, Baldrick Bryan, uh, one of the, uh, the Banger Racing Fraternity, and it's great to see you along again, Baldrick. He's asked a question, have you ever fell out while racing together? LOL. And I'm going to say yes from the notes that I have in front of me, Brian, from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I know. Yeah, nearly led to a divorce. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. And in fact, I've got those words underlined. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a race at Brands. Uh, It was coming up to the end of the Hot Hatch Championship, which I was leading. 2007, wasn't it? 2007, yeah. And I was about 100 yards in front of Ilsa coming up on the last lap. Coming out of clearways, being a bit of a gentleman, I slowed down and they also thought I'd broken down and I won the race by, and this is the honest truth from the times given out, by one thousandth of a second. And I was a little bit miffed about that. Well, I mean, you know, why would you slow down coming out of clearways, coming up to the flag? I mean, really, a bit silly. Formation but, finish. You know, you know, to finish first, first you've got to finish, exactly. So yeah. I was going for it. I put my foot down. I didn't want a formation finish. I wanted to beat him. So it was just always in a hurry. I, tell you, I, I must admit, the language when we got to the collecting area was very, very blue. And um, I must admit, it was the closest, I thought, to ever we were. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> It was gone the following day. <laughs> but I loved it when I read that in the notes. And it is, it's underlined and asterisks going, that is a fantastic story. 
again, that's what motor racing is all about. It's the stories, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. yeah that's brilliant. So that answers that question, Baldrick, definitely. Um, I love the fact that Mark Mitchell said he feels like he should put on his orange uh, onesie as well. Now, that's nice. <laughs> Bless him. Be nice. <laughs> right, let's have a look. Thank you, Tim. He said, good question from Lauren. I agree. It was a cracker. Um, Chris Rear, another one of the Orange Army. Ilsa is such a star. I've been marshalling the best part of 25 years, and you always get a wave after the race, no matter where she finishes. Aww. Yeah, well, I bet you don't even I, think about that, do you? I, I do think about it because I want to sort of acknowledge, you know, wherever I finished, and sometimes yeah. almost when you finish down the field, you haven't had a very good race. I think waving's a little bit big-headed. I'm sorry because I don't think, uh, you know, I think maybe, but I'm waving because I want to let them know that I'm grateful that they've been waving their flags, they've been doing their mm. job, they've been looking after us all. Um, and that to me is very important. So, yeah, I always try and wave um, or flash my lights. Sometimes I flash the lights if, if I've done well, but that's usually... <laughs> what i meant is that it doesn't you don't even force yourself to do that it just comes naturally to thank the orange army i think you're both thanking them i'm I'm just so grateful and so i think we've both done it it is and i I can believe that uh jim birch great to see you uh, both stay safe jim and chris this is lovely i feel like i'm sort of reintroducing you to all your friends and family again now (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to assume this one is (laughs) yeah i'm gonna assume this one is as well emily cox they do send quite well i'm assuming that's the uh the the brownies and the things that you were talking about earlier yes yeah yes i do send them yes yes bless her that's our daughter who's a very hard-working teacher working via um via chrome tablets at the moment to a private school farlington school for girls and she's working every day from quarter to nine in the morning till four and five in the afternoon and very hard work it is from a laptop so um yeah bless her she's a science teacher and she's we're very proud of her so it's marvelous yeah she's a good girl yeah uh mary tusi and holidays amongst your favorite things i should imagine yeah. Yeah. yes yeah, you did say sunbathing, didn't you? That's for sure. Uh, Emma Strawford, uh, oh, that's jumped up. Emma Strawford saying, can I have some cookies? So she wants some as well. Yeah, uh, press Emma, yeah. I'll pop some in the post, no problem. You're in trouble because even Dave Rogers is saying he likes the sound of that as well. But uh, we can't be careful on that. You know, the shop's shut. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a good question. Martin Bennett, another one of my uh, commentator brethren. Money, no object. What car or series would on be on both your wish lists? Well, I would have liked to have done touring cars, but could never afford it. Okay. Now you see, I'm a, I'm a step down from that. I've never been interested in going into touring cars, and and the reason for that is just I, you know, the, I've always found I perform better when I'm not under pressure. And I think to be a touring car driver, you're under a hell of a lot of pressure, aren't you? I mean, it just can't be anything yeah. worse. I've always had my best results when we've got no crowds, when I'm not, no one's worried, you know, I'm not worrying about it or anything like that. So my favourite races I've ever done have been, we've done three 24-hour races as, as a couple, I'm not always in the seat, but, uh, you know, and I've enjoyed doing the Burkitt race. Anything sort of team events I've always enjoyed. So, yeah, yeah, we've done, five, yeah four or five. We've done about three with the BWRDC, British Women Racing Drivers Club, and then we've done three or so more with Nick Hayes and the SEAT team. So, I, I love doing team racing, so that was why the idea of doing the 750 Enduro Series that we were talking about earlier with Dave would have been, you know, up, right up my street for enjoyment. So, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be 
televised or singing or dancing for me. I just want to get in a car, be in a big field of cars and enjoy the racing and enjoy the people I'm with. So, where and that's interesting, and I'm not surprised to hear you say that, Elsa. But Brian, you, you, your, your desires in, in certainly in your heyday was was probably a bit more grandeur to say is that you really had had goals. Well, I think so. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I started off from uh, very small beginnings. I mean, that was it back in about 1965 when I first started racing, and I, I got a, a 1275 Mini, which I completely stripped and rebuilt it. And uh, that was the start of uh, going out. But it was always a question. I mean, I was building up my business as well over the years. So, you know, I couldn't neglect that for the sake of spending too much money going racing, which I've seen people do. You know, you, you see people come along, they'll do first year, they'll think, oh, this is great. Second year, we'll spend a bit of money. Third year, we're going to spend even, four, even more money. And in the fourth year, they disappear. Yeah. Well, you certainly haven't done that, as you say, 1965 uh, in a mini, including winning at Brands Hatch on Boxing Day as well. What Bring that back. That was impressive. Bearing in mind, I'd only had about four or five races during the year. And uh, it was a class win. It wasn't an overall win. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's, that's still a win, isn't it? It's still relevant. I think anyone will remember, Brian. I think you could have just said it was well, an overall win. No one yeah. would have known. No, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> used to get monster crowds at Brands Hatch. I was about to say 20,000 people, you reckon? Definitely, for the Christmas meetings. Although one meeting that they had there uh, uh, on uh, the New Year's Day or whichever day it was, everyone got snowed off and everyone had sort of turned up and then, oh no, the circuit was too icy and they couldn't race. But then people were mainly on road tyres then. Right. You know, when, when, when I started, it was very amateurish motor racing was. I mean, you you went if you went to Brands, the um, the the paddock was made up of tin corrugated sheds, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, and that you were allocated one of those, and uh, yeah, it was it was I I really enjoyed it, I, probably more than I enjoyed my racing later on because it had got a lot more technical, a lot more professional. And a lot more effort, people were putting effort into it. Well, originally, I think it was much more matey, possibly, you know? No, I, and I think I can understand, which means there's a sort of a crossover with both of your mentalities. Although you had, you know, you'd have loved to have gone touring cars, Brian. Is there still that kind of, but I just want to enjoy my racing as well? And it wasn't about getting over technical and what have you. So that, that kind of makes sense. I'm going to have to jump backwards and forwards between talking about your histories and all the comments so I don't lose yeah, them off cool. the top. Uh, Bill Brockbank has seconded oh, your Bill, comments yeah. about um, Joe about the work that she puts in. And so I wanted to make a key point about that is that Bill Brockbank says that as well. Uh, Mark Mitchell um, here said, we are family, and that's nice to see. This is a great comment to hear because uh, this is another one that, frankly, is a big name at Castle Coombe. Will De Claudio has achieved some big things at Castle Coombe. And and, and I'm delighted to call uh, him and his family my friends. Ilsa is my hero, he says. Loved watching her in the Peugeot 205. There's the link, of course, with his obsession with the Peugeots. Uh, 205 GTI back in the day. And that's the thing is that, you're inspiring at every point. Even the guys that are there now are inspiring the next generation, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, Will is an incredible driver, and yeah. uh, he's my hero now. I mean, he's just yeah, turned about, turned the table. So um, 
Yeah, nice to hear from him, and that's really kind of him. And he's mechanically a hero for me as well, to be honest with you. He's a very, very clever guy. Um, this is good from Matt Coyle, actually, the, uh, the, the coordinator for the saloons now. Have you ever calculated how many laps you've been round Coombe? <laughs> God knows. I that mean, would be... Yeah, I was going to um, say, does he want his including instructing or just racing? I mean, you know, or testing or not? You know, I have no idea. Oh, we must have run up over tens of thousands. Of oh, easily. Instructing as well, instructing as well, tens of thousands of laps. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I almost said I could drive it blindfold, but I wouldn't like to put that practice. Don't don't say that because we'll start contemplating yeah. saying that as a challenge or something. But you know. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Sophie Owen has said, uh, love you, Chris. Thank you for that. So she's, uh, <laughs> and that's probably the journey that she did. It was a big thing. Um, Ilsa, uh, so Jed Doyle has said, Ilsa, are you race ready? Is there any more tweaks you need to do to the car? Well, the car's gone, Jed. That Henry Luke, uh, Cooper has gone, sadly. Uh, and Ilsa, you're always race ready, to be fair, aren't you? up-to-date helmet i've got an up-to-date hands device i've got a suit upstairs and i've got a license so yes i could be ready and, <laughs> and she keeps very very fit yeah I do most keep days fit. will involve a, a run or an hour in the gym and then a swim hmm. i know that because when we've been even trying to sort out these issues and you said right i'm on i'm on the treadmill at the minute i'll be there in in, in half an hour and <laughs> <laughs> and then i said sorry not the treadmill the cross trainer sorry I've got it. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Different worlds, but yeah. Uh, Elliot Harris, uh, evening all. Question for you both. Uh, We've kind of covered this. I'm going to bring it up anyway. What first got you into uh, both into racing? We've heard that from you already, Ilsa. What car was it? So, Brian, let's take that to you. What actually got you into racing? What got me into racing? Well, where where we we lived in in Brighton and Hove, um, there was a main street called North Street. And at the bottom of North Street, there was a bit of a parking space for like-minded characters to pull up with their cars and we used to meet every friday saturday and sunday down there and we'd, we'd drive around sussex and surrey you know just going absolutely lunatic and, uh, <laughs> not only did i follow into racing from that but derek warman yeah yeah and a, a very good friend of mine alan muzzard who, who didn't do racing for very long but he was a very good driver and um who else was there was another one um, pardon me for my memory lapse, but uh, yes, so that's how I started. And I, I mean, I, I, I did um, probably three or four years not getting killed <laughs> on the road. Um, it was the years before speed limits. Yeah, there were no yeah. speed limits. Yeah, and I had that. I, I, I put a note in it. Did you see that one about there was a, an, an entry in car and car conversions? I can't remember which year it was. Uh, 1968. 1968, yeah, and I, we, we, I got a very good friend of mine, Peter Naylor, and we'd taken the race engine out of um, the racer and put it in my road car, and I think we just <laughs> a bit of craziness, and we were coming back down the London Road, and if anyone knows the London Road, as you come approaching Brighton, there's the pylons, and then you've got to straight down to the, the first roundabout, and just coming past the pylons, I pass this guy in a DB6, I wasn't thinking anything about it because there was no speedo in my car, so I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I lifted off after I passed him, and he pulled over at the side of the road. And I stopped, and, t- and he obviously wanted to have a chat. And he says, "You were, I was doing 120, and you <laughs> passed me." <laughs> and uh, yeah, he got this little comment. But he was impressed. You said, wasn't he? I to think be fair. he was 
Press, yeah. Now, bearing in mind, so for those who don't know, that's an Aston Martin DB6 <laughs> against a Mini. <laughs> that's just brilliant. I mean, it, well, again, that's a underlined and asterisk and everything. And I've got to pick up on this because you mentioned it a few times in this, and I don't know how much detail we can go into, but there's mention of a, quite a few East End friends. Is that like the East End gangsters? Well, yes, partly gangsters. I mean, <laughs> there was there were several on. They were they were all good guys. They were, but they, they were all had sort of nefarious backgrounds. <laughs> I think I'm not going to name any of them. One of them, the in one. fact, yes, I can name. I don't think he was part of the group. It was a guy called Mo Mendham, which I put in in those notes. He had a mini in the same series that I was racing in, and to save weight, he got a garden chair with with. Um, the, the support legs, about the thickness of your finger. I mean, if he'd have had a vaccine, it'd have been stabbed <laughs> up the backside. I mean, you've seen some huge changes then, Brian, over the years, haven't you? Crikey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was one year I was racing with Ken Costello, amongst others, and on, the, on the big circuit at Brands, and Ken lost it in front of me, and I collected him. We both finished up in the barriers, Um my shell was completely damaged, and a couple of these guys, I'm not going to mention any names, came up to me and says, uh, do you need a new body shell, Brian? I said, yeah. He says, uh, take a note of this address, come up on Tuesday, and we'll get you, we'll get you a body shell. And what they'd done, <laughs> it's a bit too naughty, but it's a long time ago. Yeah. They, 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 they nicked a mini, taken the engine out of it, and sold me the rest. I, do you know, they, I was reading your notes on this and I went, do you know what, should I go into that? And I went, no, this is Brian Cox. He's the <laughs> hero. We've got to do it. <laughs> and that story is as good as I was hoping it was going to be. I mean, that just must have been, just been so colourful in those days. They were, everyone was very much more matey. I mean, it's not, it's quite a lot of chat goes on around the, around the paddock now. But it, it, I don't think it's as matey as it used to be because people... And now they're, they're all striving for more power, aren't they? And more yeah. performance. Whereas in those days, I think a lot of them were just like myself, coming along for enjoyment and obviously trying to win. But I enjoyed I the race. Atmosphere, definitely. In, in the first four or five years that I went racing. I, I mean, they, they, no, safety belts weren't re, uh, legal. Required. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if anything, I think they were deliberately left off. So you were thrown clear, wasn't it? After the time <laughs> was the idea, I think. Theory, yeah. Was that sort of around the, the sort of time? Were you brushing shoulders with the likes of Bernie Eccleston back those days then? Never, never, never saw him, never met him. No? One, of, one, of the, one of the lot that came from East End was, was Nick Whiting. Yeah, does that name ring a bell with anyone? I it does, but I don't know why. <laughs> well, he, had a, he had a tuning shop just close to Brands Hatch. And he was murdered some years after, I think about when, whenever the train robbery was, right? Mm. He was holding some money for some of the uh, other guys, and uh, he got killed, shot. Wow. And, and Ilsa, you look very nervous that these stories are being shared right now, don't you? <laughs> well, I'm wondering if any of the Orange Army are actually police people, and they might come around later. I don't know. That's what I'm well, I didn't have anything to do with it. No, exactly. Brian's safe. It's fine. And, and yeah. you're, qu- you're, a qu- you're Queen of Coombe, so you're safe of any prosecution, Ilsa. It's all... It's all apparently, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, right, let's have another quick look. Uh, Johnny Rose, uh, good evening, Castle Cooman. Hiya, Brian and Ilsa. Stay safe. Uh, oh, Russell Humphrey. Good to see Russell on as well. We, I like Russell as well. So do we. Uh, evening, guys. Always enjoyed racing against you both and looking after Brian with the Evo. Yeah. Yes, I bought that. I bought that Evo off him. Um, it was a good car. It was a Mark V, I believe. Yeah, but it used to suffer from turbo lag, and I could never get a decent performance out of it. I didn't have it, but it was like it's like driving uh, driving on the road with Sloan. It was so comfortable. Right, really. It really feel like a race car. And yet, you say that you you struggled with this and that, and yet you won Class A in it in 2010. Well, I should hope so, because there was no one else in the class. Ah, right. Hey, listen, that means your notes were politicians' notes then, Brian. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Let's have a look. Um, I think the answer is none at the minute. Baldrick Brian says, how many race cars do you own at the present time? No, no. Yeah, I thought that was the answer. Do you know that is really upsetting to hear, I must be honest. Um, This is We've kind of had a a variant on this question, but I'm going to bring this one up. Jed Doyle has said, unlimited checkbook, what would your next race car be? So in the situation, this is all now cleared. Uh, I know, Brian, it's not going to be you. You've kind of gone, you've had had enough of actually being behind the wheel. I would race again. No, and, and I remember you telling me that. But Ilsa, you would. Unlimited checkbook, what would your next race car be? Well, going back on really what we've already touched on, it'd be something to do with, um, to be able to do some two-driver racing with Dave, my son-in-law. So, um, but it's whether, it, there's other issues, it's nothing to do with the money at the moment, it's to do with other issues that are going on with us. So, um, we've just got to sort of think, leave it for a bit and see what happens. So, um, unlimited checkbook, you know, I, I'm quite happy to do, anything really I, I mean I love racing Henry I didn't mind that the fact that he was in a, a multi-class you wouldn't always you won't win outright necessarily you know it's nice to win outright I, I did with the Thunders um, at Coombe you know in 2019 a couple of races but to win to sort of uh, race in class D and not the overall winner it doesn't bother me so it's more really to enjoy the enjoy the racing that you're doing and make sure that it's a big grid and that you've got people to race against because I've done a lot of racing where potentially you're out on your own a lot. You know, the Slim Car Championship's a perfect example of brilliant racing because they're all stacked together, aren't they? And there's always a race going on and it's a brilliant race to watch. So the, the checkbook thing isn't really, you know, it doesn't mean I want to go into British GTs. No, that doesn't appeal to me if I had, a, if I had any check I could write. It'd have to be club racing at the level I've been used to. And, you know, going back on what I said earlier, that I perform best. Is when, I'm not, it? Yeah, it's what I perform But there's best. not a car that you would love to have a crack in. Is there one car that stands out? You go, do you know, what? but I would love to experience what that is like to race. Well, I, we owned for a while an R8 on the road, and I loved that. And I actually brought it to Coombe for a, for a charity day, Stroke Association Day. I think. Yeah. Um, and I was flat out all day in there, and I had to keep coming in to cool the brakes off because it can't, can't, can't go to the floor. Um, and I love driving that. But uh, race-wise, I for 30-odd years, I've always raced front-wheel drive. And, I again, it's what you're comfortable with and what, what you feel very good in. And I've always raced front-wheel drive. So... 
whether to go to something like an R8 or, a, you know, something like that, like Keith Butcher's R8, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I look at that and salivate, but whether I'd want to get in and drive it, I think I'd still prefer a front-wheel drive Seat, to be quite honest with you. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've had the privilege of commentating on things like uh, Blancpain GT, where it's got the, the real R8 uh, GT cars, and they're just incredible. The Audi R8, that is, for anybody who's wondering, phenomenal pieces of kit, aren't they? Mm, yeah, absolutely yeah. wonderful. Okay, so that's that's kind of could be the the the, yeah. the one that you do. But of course, what would the budgets be for that? Well, oh, tell it in a million. Yeah, telephone numbers, isn't it? Telephone yeah. numbers. I don't know. It's Not a blank check. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, Monica Sosinska, uh, did you enjoy beating Andy in the Monaro? <laughs> the I Holden Monaro—that's a monster <laughs> car, isn't it? <laughs> enjoyed beating Andy in the Monaro yes indeed he was a yes a great competitor and really well in both the Andys I enjoyed beating in in the Thunders but uh, it didn't happen very often unfortunately because they both got a lot of grunt um so uh yeah no I I yeah I just uh I love racing the Thunders those guys are brilliant and uh had a great time in the paddock and out the paddock and when they bought their paddling pools to Coombe and set them up on that hot sunny day in 2019 I thought it was hilarious so there you go yeah. and that was AJ was there for that one wasn't he AJ yeah, Owen. he was yeah I remember him seeing it I think they'd not long had their little at that point as well and, and I'm sure they might have had a, a paddling pool as well uh, incidentally just to make sure people are aware is that in 2018 as well as winning the Castlecombe GT championship you also secured the uh, uh, Classic Touring Car Racing Club Thunder Champion with uh, eight class wins. And you almost missed the fact that you were in for the running for that as well. Because I commentated on you in that at Snetterton as well, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And it was really weird because we, we'd only just been dipping in and out of that Thunder Championship, concentrating on the Coombe GTs. Um, and then all of a sudden we got to sort of two race, two meetings to the end and someone came up to me at the meeting and said, you know, you're leading this championship. And I said, oh, am I? Or he said, you're joint leading it, I think. And it depended on some other results and other classes. And I said, oh, am I? Oh, we better actually make an effort and get to the brands one at the end of the year, which we did and then secured it. But I think I was fortunate that year. I mean, it's lovely to be a champion. And I don't take anything away from that because it was absolutely fantastic. And I'm so proud. Uh, but I think I was a bit lucky that year that other people's results didn't go the way that they could have done. So, yeah. got to be in it to win it. Yeah, and I th- and I think ironically, it was that championship that my daughter absolutely fell in love with you, wasn't it? At that Snetterton meet, we were on holiday because I was commentating there in the middle of summer, and we were at um, one of these forest holiday places down the road, and it was baking hot that weekend, wasn't it? And the wasps were out and everything. And she and and my wife thought that her and Lauren were just going to sort of be there for a little bit. They took me to the circuit and then they'd have the car but they stayed because she had to watch you yeah that was really sweet of her because I remember her coming to watch the first race and then uh, I think Claire said oh I'm going to take her away now because she and then I was really surprised when she was there for the last race I think it was the last race of the day or second to last and she was still there hanging on yeah. the waiting to see me at the end because I think I finished in the top three so she was able to come and come and see me that was really sweet of her because it's boring at race meetings for kids it really is boring I mean we dragged our poor children Emily and Jenny all around the race circuits when they were little and even from babies I mean <laughs> first time Emily was at a race circuit was when she was three weeks old at Snetterton and they had to call me in from testing because I'd just gone out to for my first bit of racing you know that year in June 
Um, they had to call me in because she needed feeding, and I was the only one that could do that. So, um, yeah, they had to call me in from that, being out on track. <laughs> Jenny, she was uh, born in August, bless her. So her her um, her early days of uh, born to August. So I thought well, I could get a few races in before I get too big to sit behind the wheel. So wow. Uh, June 90, that's your race up to you six months. Yeah, six months. Well, sorry, Dad. There's a few things wrong with her. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got to pick that up. Yeah, that's uh, 1990, wasn't it? Um, And I've got to pick up the notes in this uh, that you sent through to me because uh, you had had in 1989, uh, Brian, a big uh, accident at Thruxton resulting in two broken ribs. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not looking to bring that up to, to sort of like as a poke in the face, but actually to make the point into 1990. And I'm going to quote your notes. <laughs> 1990, due to the excellent care it also provided me with, <laughs> following my unfortunate broken ribs, our daughter Jenny was born in August of this year. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Guess who wrote that? <laughs> but, but that makes me think, so what was that excellent care that resulted in the daughter? Well, I could. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I've got some extra consolation. I must admit, it's like I think about what's currently going on in the world, the current lockdown. I think in nine months' time, there's other yeah. units very busy, or divorce lawyers are going to be very busy. One or the other is. <laughs> and, and I got to be honest and say, Alcoholics Anonymous as well, but there we go. Well, yeah, yeah. And Slimming World. Slimming World. <laughs> <laughs> other dietitians are available, by the way. <laughs> but I love that. I love that when I was reading the notes, it was underlined and that was brilliant. So, I mean, yes, it was. Is that, um, I mean, it's not so bad now. Is that Snetterton, they have the play area and what have you. And so Lauren was having fun playing on that until she heard Ilsa was on track and then it was watch the racing. And she went from Agostini watching you in that infield bit on the Snetterton 300. So you then were on the podium. So she knew that daddy was going to be interviewing. So she came running over to to see you there. And and in fairness to you, you, you loved it. You, you, you really, you know, made her smile even more. So thank you for that. I've always been appreciative of that. She's wonderful. And she's such a credit to you and Claire. And she's a lovely girl. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I Sorry, Brian. One little note was that we didn't put in, and I think it's fair to mention it. Is I'm that, scared now, if I'm honest. Well, is is that <laughs> twice during all, all the time that Ilsa's been racing, I had a, a guy come up to me, different guys in, in the, each instance, and say, don't you get upset when your wife beats you? And I said, well, no, why should I? She was going quicker than I was. <laughs> But that was probably the the era then, wasn't it? Chauvinism was rife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that's credit to you, Brian, is the fact that that even at that point, uh, and 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 incidentally, on that front, is that also I know you're a big champion of the, the of of women in motorsport as well. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been a member of was a member of the BWRDC for thirty years, um, which supports women in motorsport. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I try and help out, you know, or, or give people encouragement. But it's very difficult because I only got into it because of Brian. And usually that's the way that girls do get involved because they've got a brother or a father or a, someone who's brought the them into yeah. it, you know, in the family. So it is tricky. Um, but, yeah, I always give anyone. I mean, my favourite, favourite, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, Mr. Dawes Senior, but my favourite people to say ever take out instructing was ladies because they used to listen. and that, yeah, yeah. That, Oh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, generalised, generalised. 
in fairness, I, as you know, I host the uh, the uh, the racing school days as well, which I absolutely adore doing. That with seeing everybody getting there, and I tend to make the comment that the women do pay more attention. Um, and, and I tried to encourage the men to sort of like go, look, let's accept we're all good at driving. <laughs> Get rid of that and shut up, listen, and do what your instructor's told and pretend that it's raining, even if it's dry, because you'll pay more attention then as well. Yeah, very, very good point, actually, Chris. That really is a very good point. Um, I mean, one of the things as part of the job for instructing 15 years was to do high-speed passenger at laps, sometimes at Coombe. Um, and sometimes, I, I, I mean, at Thruxton, they run it slightly differently. They run the school that the high-speed car is run by one person all day. That's all they do. And I had a couple of years where I, I was doing that. And you used to see a guy get in and his face would sort of drop because he thinks, oh, I've got the woman, you know. And it used to be a little bit like that, I'm afraid to say. But they never used to look like that when they got out. I don't know. <laughs> used to be quite... <laughs> Well, I know that, that, that I have, uh, as Matt Parr tends to mock me about, because I bottled out of going out with him at the end of last season, is that I'm not a good passenger. But Claire, my wife, she adores getting into the passenger seat and being whipped around the circuit. So she tends to get my opportunities. No. She adores it. I mean, it's it, on the, uh, you know, the women in motorsport thing, I find it really weird for me because um, for me, everybody's equal. I don't, and, and that's a good thing that I think that way. But what it means is that I don't necessarily overtly think of the challenge that's being faced because I'm like going, everybody's equal. Everybody should be out there. I love it when I'm seeing you and, and countless others that I've commentated o- over the years. But it doesn't make my mentality the right way of thinking of it either. either. It doesn't necessarily help you that I'm just blasé going, yeah, we're all the same. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, you're right. We are exactly the same and it shouldn't be at this level motorsport. It shouldn't be any different. I mean, obviously, as you start to step up and you get up towards Formula One and things like that, I I do think there are physical challenges. And I think that's probably why we don't see, you know, half the grid is female, because it's just it would physically would be tough. In my opinion, that might be wrong. Um, but I do think as a female involved in most sports, you, you get you get um, extra tension um, whether you've made a mistake or whether you've done really well. So it isn't always, you know, isn't, isn't always good necessarily because a lot of people spin and have accidents in motorsport and you can guarantee sometimes they're going to be a female, but you can guarantee the female will get the, a lot of attention if that happens. And, oh, go, go, you know, spinning and crashing and whatever. Um, but, of course, the other side of it is if you do win and you become a champion, then you get also get a lot of, uh, you know, remembered attention, which is delightful as well. So you have to take, you have to take both sides, really. So that's yeah, it's, it's a very interesting challenge. The same as, for example, where we then have like the, the, the W Series, a standalone that, to try and give a chance, but then there's the argument that goes, well, it shouldn't be sort of isolated. It, 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 it's a very difficult thing, and, and I hope that people will gradually more and more just kind of go, it, it's exactly the same. Every, like, get more in. It's, it's not an issue. Everybody's exactly the same. And, I, you know, it, I don't know. It, 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 everybody can get in trouble with whichever way they say it, and uh, and it's it's tricky, isn't it? But I love the fact that you're a champion. I love all the uh, the women in motorsport. Uh, talking of one that I mentioned, Sophie Owen, that she's involved in motorsport in a slightly different way. She said four hours sleep she got that night when she had to rush that bit up for Bluey up to Alton Park. Brilliant. I know it wasn't a lot, Sophie. I remember it very well. Uh, Johnny Rose says, uh, Brian and Neil, some of my favourite drivers at Castle Coombe. Now, I'm going to put this up because I might, but I might need to remove it if the asterisks show 
Let me see what it does. That's fine. I can do it because I'm going to paraphrase. Oh, thank you. Another gin. Thank you, Bum. <laughs> well done, Claire. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you ever get shown a blue flag, do you think <laughs> I better? <laughs> I better check my mirrors as a faster competitor is trying to pass me, or do you uh, mutter? How can I paraphrase this? Go away and race on. <laughs> well, to be honest, by the time I've been shown every blue flag, if it is because someone's catching me up, then I would have already seen them because as I've been told off in some ways before by um, Welsh Motorsport, when they watch an in-car video of me, I check my mirrors every few seconds. So I would have seen a car approaching well before I see a blue flag. That's the first thing. And secondly, I've... They've been in so many different races where I've either been at the front or at the back of the field. Been lapped many times, many, many times, and been looked to overtake back markers many, many times. So I can see it from both points of view. My, my view on sort of that, you know, that, that point of view when you're catching someone, if you're catching two lap someone and they're not involved in any sort of scrap, they should move out your way. That's always been my feeling and they should give you the room, especially if you're racing with someone for the lead of the race. Well, well the first warning you get is the blue flags appear yeah. and then you automatically check your mirror. Mm. And if you see someone catching you and he's like a, a class A car up against what we were in generally class B, they're going to be that little bit quicker. So you just get out of the way. Yeah, you just, if I'm being lapped, I lift off as soon as I can along the straight and move out of the way or get off the racing line. I know they don't necessarily tell you that in the, in the briefings. You know, the clerk, of course, tends to sort of say to, to drivers, oh, stay on the racing line if it's up to the faster car to pass by. With 35 years of racing, well, 33 years of race experience behind me, that isn't really the, the, the way to go. Because if you've got, if you're not dicing with anyone, you can get out of the way and you can get past someone safely. And, and, and on the other hand, if I'm leading a race comfortably or if I'm in a position where I'm not dicing with anyone and I'm catching two cars that are dicing, I will always give them the sort of room in order to continue their dice because I wouldn't want to get in, you know, ruin their race, if you see what I mean. So. And, and, and that was the, absolutely the point I was going to make is that, yeah, what happens if you see a fight there? And I've always said is that the, the, the biggest challenge is not getting past back markers, it's getting past battling back markers. Yeah. It's one of the commentary phrases that I use. The worst case scenario is when you're battling and you're yeah. then with battling back markers. It's like, well, hang on. They've, everybody's paid their entry fee. Everybody's got their own class battles going on. And, and it's difficult. And that's where the skill comes in, I guess. Yeah. I hope that was the right answer, Mark Mitchell, though. <laughs> anyway, in, that, in relation to that, Chris, um, I think some of the problems come down to clerks of the course who will generally, generally adv advise their... Uh, uh, you know, the people are going out to race that if you're being overtaken, stay on the racing line. Mm -hmm. And that is not the best line to be on because that's, a, that's the ones that the quicker cars need. Yes. Does yeah, it? yeah. Agreed. Depends on the situation, Chris. But I mean, if you've got, like you've just said, well, you're commentating and you've got two cars dicing who are being lapped and two cars leading the race who are trying to get past. Then who knows? Throw the throw the throw the balls in the air and hope for the best, really, because that could end a disaster. Which it ha again, we've seen that before. So, um, and we love that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we want that entertainment factor. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you, if you're not actually always leading and you're coming up to back markers, that can be a great bonus because the guy in front of you doesn't often know which way to go to overtake the, the back marker because they swerve all over the place. And it quite often gives you an advantage to pass them yeah. during overtaking. 
No, absolutely, I agree. Uh, again, Sophie Owen, just going in, and I'll answer this. I think you've had an answer, but will this be available again? As I need to record it, as Dad's not watching. The good news is, just go to facebook.com forward slash Castlecombe Circuit forward slash live, and all of the recorded live shows are there to be able to watch back again. So uh, that's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, and, and by the way, happy birthday tomorrow uh, for to Sophie, her thirtieth. Now that'll make you feel old, also, won't it? Oh yeah, it's made me feel old. Happy birthday, Sophie. Gosh, is that all you are? That makes people ancient. Ditto. <laughs> um, Gerald Howell has asked, besides Castle Coombe, so we'll take that off the table, what's your favourite circuits to both of you? Thruxton. Friends. <laughs> okay, well, let, let me take that further, and I'll start with Ilsa because you answer first. Why Thruxton? Because it's fast, sweeping... I've done a lot of instruction there, so I got to know it. Also, the people at Thruxton, I got to know very well when I was instructing there. One of my best friends, Maz, works as an accountant uh, at the circuit. And, uh, you know, Bill and Bill Coombs and all the guys down there and Pat Blakely, all the guys down there I knew got to know very well. Uh, but from a driving point of view, Thruxton, apart from the fact it is horrendously bumpy and very, very bad on the tyres, the actual format of it, it suits my driving style, just flat out everywhere, really. That's great. Fair enough. And Brian, why Brands Hatch? Well, because that's where I started racing. I had the majority of my wins there, I would think. And I don't know, it's one of those things. I love Paddock Bend. Now, Elsa doesn't like it, but I absolutely love Paddock Bend, although I must admit I spun more than a few times coming down there. <laughs> I think that's a, 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 you know, a rite of passage, that, isn't it, to be honest with you? <laughs> I don't tend to spin down Paddock Hill then, but I tend to go in the gravel trap at Druids quite a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, the big, the big uh, um, hairpin at the top there. Have you, have, uh, have you guys done the GP circuit at Brands? Yeah, yeah, have you? Yeah, 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 yeah I have. That's a, a, a unique challenge in itself, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. big circuit, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Long time ago, but we have done it, yeah. Uh, we don't need to answer this one because we have, but I'm going to put it up that AJ has now got involved about what car now Henry's gone and none is the answer to that. But great to see uh, you're involved. Uh, Ian Jones has put a message up saying Nick Mizzen says hi. Oh, oh hello, hi, Nick. Nick. Yeah. We love yeah. Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I do as well. It's so good to see him back as well. Um, <laughs> did, he not, did he not win a championship or a class win, didn't he? I can't remember now. I think he was close last year to a class win because he started off a fabulous year and I needed to have the rest of the conversation with him because he's saying that uh, there was a reason why he came back and I never finished that conversation with him. So we'll have to find out. Uh, Condi Aralda, we, we tried using the same car for several races, ended up with six cars in different classes. Paul Berman's son. <laughs> Oh, Berman, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So they tried your theory of having the same car, but they ended up with six cars in different classes, so that didn't work oh. for them. Too much money. <laughs> yeah. That's expensive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, right, let's have a look. Uh, nice to see Andrew Bird saying, missing the burgers at Castle Coombe. We're missing everything of Castle Coombe and racing, aren't we? Um Nice to see that uh, Becky's saying big respect to all the frontline workers. Massive respect for them at the minute as well. Um, hang on, what's that saying? Um, no, I'm not going to put that one up. That's fine. <laughs> I was tempted to, but it's like there's no need. There's no need. Um, oh, there we go. David Russell himself is watching as well. And I. Hey, hello, Dave. 
So good to see. I only got to uh, commentate on the once, but hopefully I will again. Very lucky to have incredible in-laws. Love hearing all the stories. As do we, mate. As do we, definitely. As Hence, there's so many people uh, uh, watching all of this. Good question, this one. Uh, Laurie Marshall, Ilsa, did you prefer the circuit? I mean, it could be to both of you. Brian, did you race it after the chicanes were put in? I raced it both before and after. So, yeah. To both of you then, did you prefer it with or without the chicanes? Without. Without. <laughs> and, but that's a valid question because I'm yeah. trying to remember now, I think it was Nigel Greensaw that said that he actually prefers it with the chicanes because it throws yeah. in something different. Yeah. Well, Gary Preble did when you were interviewing him a couple of weeks ago. That was it, yeah. He got asked that. Um, yeah, I preferred it without because Old Paddock before was the most fantastic corner ever. It was, it, well, like I said about Thruxton being my favourite, it was like some yeah. of the on Thruxton, very, very fast, approach it and hope for the best and turn in, really. But, yeah, it was, yeah, so that was why. And also coming down to Camp Corner, you were going a lot quicker, obviously, without Bobby's being there. So, um, but I understood that it was dangerous and that they needed to slow it down. And I understood the reasons for having to put them in. But, you know, that that was why it was so much more like Thruxton, really, before the chicane, so. Okay. No, I mean, that's good, good answers as well. Um, Good question. Matt Call, again, the uh, saloon car uh, coordinator. What car have you sold on or passed on and regretted? Uh, I, I don't. I, I tell you, yes, I, I can tell you that my my uh, twelve seventy five uh, mini that I had, which had a, a, a Ford BDA engine in it or block, uh, mated to the gearbox, and it was phenomenally quick. I, don't, I can't remember what year I had that. I re- I'm going to look because I did make a note of that because it sounded incredible. Yeah, 1973. Yeah, but you sold it for why? I sold it because I was just about to start building this house. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 1974, you said you had some successful racing with this engine. 73 that you, you got it built, the Ford BDA engine uh, from Gordon Allen grafted to a mini gearbox. Only three of those built, and one went to Peter Baldwin. Yeah, um, yes, we did. And then uh, some success in 74, and then, yeah, 75 to 86, you stopped because it was uh, building and furnishing your, your house, and, and you, you took time off. I take it you missed it during those years, though, Brian? I don't know that I really did, strangely enough. Okay. When I'd sort of finished it, I thought, I'd better get back to do some motor racing. <laughs> so much going on, you know, with running the business and doing the, the, the property as well. So, no, I, I don't think I did miss it all that much. Part of the journey, I guess, then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. No, I get that, I get that. Um, I miss it more now. Really? yeah. Yeah, it also finds it strange that I, I say that. But um... Explain that then, because I know that you and I have had conversations, is that where I think it was the final accident was the final thing for you, wasn't it? It just removed something for you so that you, you kind of have that, but you still are missing it, though. Yeah, that, that, that accident, uh, Rams, wrote the car off, and it was such a severe accident that the uh, they, they had to close the circuit down for the day. They couldn't run any more race meetings because... It absolutely messed up the tire wall completely. But uh, going back to your question, which I've forgotten what it was. Uh, the, the fact that you, you, you know, that one, I know that you psychologically say that it wasn't just a physical element, is that psychologically, I think you got back in the car briefly, didn't you? And went, no, nope, can't do it. And yet you still say that you miss it. Well, yeah, I, I, it's always a 
I've always found it to be a buzz. You know, we've, and, done, we've done a couple of track days. We've done we? a couple we of track days. I so really enjoyed. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did a track day at Coombe and a track day at Thruxton, which you enjoyed, didn't mm, you? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've done three track days in the last two years. Just so. in our road cars. So, um, mm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you can do with a Suzuki Swift around Castle Coombe. And, you know, yeah. Awesome. Especially you two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love this as well, actually, and we will bear this in mind. Dave Rogers, dilly dilly. Uh, Dorsey, get Will de Claudio on. Yeah. I, yes, definitely. Yeah. I agree with that as well. Um, again, I've got to just quickly read on for that. Yep, I can say that. Nick Erie, uh, best wishes, Elsa and Brian. We raced with you in Euro Saloons. And we're in the next garage when you had that big crash at Brands, ironically. Yeah. Uh, we we were all glad to see you return virtually unscathed. Sorry to say the Seat wasn't in the same condition. Best wishes. I love the photo that we used. And that presumably was the one that the accident was in that was like virtually identical Seats. Yes, yes. Yeah, they were yeah, identical. Yeah, they they were just... identical. One was white and red and the other was red and white. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, one had a red... Yeah, bumper and the other had a white bumper, and yeah, they were sort of sort of like mirror images of each other. Uh, and the the main difference was, of course, Henry had the which Jamie alluded to earlier had the sequential box in, which was a stick shift, so you had to. And uh, Brian's always had the paddle shift. So one year, I can't remember what year it was, but we decided to do the Coombe GT Championship, and also it must have been the Euro Saloons, but we swapped cars for each one. So one time I was in the stick shift and then I went to the paddle shift and then yeah, so we swapped cars for each championship. Um, and I remember thinking how easy the paddle shift change was compared to being in Henry with having to really push it and take your hand off the wheel. Whereas the paddle shift, you just touched it and it had changed when it was ready down the gear. So you could tell it to change, you know, and you weren't ready to change gear for 100 metres. So it was great, but easier, but not as quick. But, but you're not supposed to say that after that Henry got a holiday and you didn't. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we didn't in Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, take Henry to Barcelona, but nobody took me up on that. Well, yeah, I can understand that. Um, Emma Strawford said gangster. I like that, and that is true. Brian, you're now, in my mind, you're a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what, a, what a compliment. It is. It is. We all want to be, we all strive to be a gangster uh, with your East End friends. I love that one. Uh, Becky Hill has said, if you could meet any race driver from any time and any era, what, who would it be? You want to go first? You can go first. It's one and only, Lewis. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was always a big Michael Schumacher fan. Um, I'm obviously upset about what happened and blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, I loved him. But like Brian said, now it'd be Lewis, really. <laughs> I like that because I'm a massive fan of him because I'm a huge admirer of his talents. Uh, but I know he's Marmite with his his the things he does. But I like the fact that he does his own thing as well. Yeah, so do we. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like that. I'm the same as you. And, and he is just phenomenal talent without question. So good answer. And that's not what I was expecting to hear, to be honest. So that's cool. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, oh, crikey. Someone at uh, World of Cloud, you're saying his 106 could be for sale. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Will. <laughs> the problem is, although we could buy it, 
Uh, we can't we can't run it because oh, I, I can't sure cope with cool. with meetings you're gonna you're gonna have now a flurry of people offering to run it <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly oh great to see someone else that's watching uh, and and this guy's been brilliant over the course of last season when i was uh doing like the podcast for castle coom as well jeremy Irwin, uh going to miss you and brian always brightened up the paddock with your smiles and of course he was running the uh the the orange and white fox or tigra against you guys yeah, as well wasn't it? Ball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ollie Ball was who, of course, has won the championship as well, hasn't he, in the past? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, he's an amazing guy. And hello. Yeah, he brought me a big bunch of flowers when I broke down once because, of course, his flirtations. And I think it was supposed to go to the winner, but he gave it to me instead because I was all upset. So. God bless. Now, Jeremy always was feeding me information, and it's great to see that you're on board, Jeremy. And thank you for everything and stay in touch, definitely. Yeah, Jeremy's wonderful. Hello, he Jeremy. Is. Definitely. Emma Strawford said, one of the best experiences that I have ever had was when we went out on the Stroke Association day in that R8. So she enjoyed that. She was my first paying customer that day. So that was good. Yeah, no, she was fine. She was lovely. And uh, we had a good old chat and she didn't seem at all bothered by it. She was very uh, unfazed. So I obviously wasn't trying hard enough. But it was before (laughs) the brakes went off. So it might have got more hairy as the day went on. I can't remember. So... (laughs) Good question here, and he's going to put the cat amongst the pigeons. Spud M. Dudman. He runs Thruxton, basically. He is he is the person that used to change the slicks on the uh, on the on the ride car when I used to be in it. When I used to come in, and they were down to the um, down to the <laughs> And he used to say, I think you should have told me a bit sooner than this. So, hi, Spud. <laughs> hi, Spud. Do you know what? I still have not commentated at Thruxton. And I'm gutted about that. I desperately want to. I, as you know, I've commentated everywhere else. But for some, because, for, of course, they don't get to hold that many races, do they, sadly? No, no, no. I would love it to be more. And I'm hopefully we'll get there eventually. I, I often get the opportunity, but they clash with other things where I'm elsewhere. So, hopefully, I'll meet you, Spud. Uh, if you were to use the same car, Front wheel drive and rear wheel drive. Who would set the fastest lap? And I'm assuming he's he's pairing you off against each other. Uh, well, if I was in the rear wheel drive car, Brian would definitely set the quickest time. If I was in the front wheel drive car, then I would. So yeah, I think both of us are front wheel drive experts. I think because having raced in all that for all that time, so I think the answer to that would be front wheel drive. Yeah, whoever was in, whoever he puts in the front wheel drive car will be quicker. Really? Oh, okay. Only because of experience. Fair enough. Um, going back to your comment about the kids and, and being dragged around the tracks is that Sophie said Lacey uh, loves being at the racetracks. And from memory, that's uh, AJ's little girl. Yeah, well, she's little at the moment. Wait till she True. gets 9, 11, 13, you know, whatever, and has to go every weekend. She might not. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Uh, Tracy Plumridge, Chris Dawes, where's your alcohol? Right here. <laughs> right here. Or second. I was going to say yours is there as well. <laughs> I think it's safe to say. And I am going to read this one out. It's a little bit self-indulgent, but I apologise, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to put this up because my dad's messaged again, and I love this one, where he said, I dragged Chris to Coombe as a six-year-old. Now look at him, and I'm so very proud of him and what he's achieving. Thanks, Dad. I mean, Aww. it does mean a lot, and I know that I can say that because you and I also have had this conversation many a time. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. I mean... Your dad's done a wonderful job, Chris. What can I say? He's an amazing man and he's created an amazing man. So, yeah, very good. And a man who likes gin. So, that you yeah. know, that is amazing as well. Yeah, exactly. You're on, your, you're on your second, aren't you? <laughs> Brian's um, 
in Chris Brown's county. <laughs> the good news is, Brian, you lost count. You missed a couple out there, I think, to be honest. But maybe <laughs> <laughs> about them. Mate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, when the wife keeps bringing them up, what can I do? Yeah. But thank you, Dad. I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Um, I think you said this earlier. Have you ever thought of doing virtual racing? I think you said the answer was largely no to that, wasn't it? Uh, it's it's very challenging because i mean we were chatting last night with uh with matt parr nathan nichols and the, and the co that uh, got me commentating on the stuff last night and i've got to be honest to say from a commentator's perspective if anybody's not actually watched any of this i recommend it i didn't think that i could translate my commentary and excitement and all of that through to sims I was wrong. I had a ball last night. I absolutely loved every second of it. But what Matt and Nathan were saying is whilst it is a substitute for them as it stands at the minute, you don't get to feel it through your bum, through your feet, through your hands and all of that just yet. Mm, So I I can get that. But I think the reality is I made a good point last night that I, I... think is valid is it's not a it's not a comparison is it it's a separate thing in itself there yeah oh, definitely yeah. i think it is yeah, completely yeah. separate yeah they are amazing in their own right what they do sophie owen says she's always been promised a track day in a car still waiting yeah. just saying <laughs> well, tell, tell AJ. i was about to say i don't know whether that's aimed at you or aj to be honest with you that one so aj step up mate you've got to do it your sister wants out on track but uh there's loads of companies that do it. You can go to Coombe, you can go to wherever. Well, really. Exactly, exactly. Talking of virtual reality, the last few days I've been watching some Grand Prix on the uh, on the uh, replays on the replays mm. on the uh, sports for mm. Sky. It is special, isn't it? Watching those. Oh yeah, even though you 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 know the the, the ones they're putting on are going back about five or six years at the moment. So yeah, still very interesting. And it's amazing how the, the uh, names of the competitors have changed. Mm-hmm. Lots of drivers going back to 2014, for instance, are no longer, you never hear of them now. They vanish. True. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've always thought that very, very uh, interesting indeed. Uh, I'm going to bring this up as well, and I'm conscious that, that we probably need to sort of like uh, get through these and get towards the close yeah, to I'm some extent. Yeah. We. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I've kept you guys going for ages and there's so much more we could talk about. Uh, Graham Soul says, thanks for coming north and racing in the CNT Heads Championship. Um, Again, something I've covered up at Alton Park with our northern... uh, Which of our northern circuits is your favourite? Yeah, well, Alton Park, it's got to be. I mean, the home of the CNC Heads Championship that we've done for several years. And again, another separate family, Chris, that we've, we've yep. you know, we love those people. Graham's one of the competitors. John Lex, the coordinator, who is the nicest guy you could ever meet, you know, really, really good and so organised that, you know, they have grids where they have reserves of five, six cars. They're, they're just incredible. Um, and yeah, lovely. I, I, I won class D, I can't remember what year now, but uh, I mean, and they're treating me like a princess. I, I was the first lady to win an outright race. In ever years. in 30 years of the history of the championship mm. because only because they split the grids uh a b c d e f i remember that yeah and uh, you know that was the they made me so feel so special always when i was there and um and i loved racing with them and it was we raced with them for about three years on the trot then we had a year off then we went back and did some racing last year but yeah Alton park wonderful circuit up there and that's their headquarters circuit so they yeah and and of course, CNC heads itself. Rick Wood would always bring some amazing kit out as well, wouldn't he? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I saw I saw him destroy his uh, one of his space frame 
I don't know what can't remember what yeah, mother's car it was yeah, the coming up the, uh, the hill out of the hairpin. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's it, an amazing guy, and he, he supports that championship mm. extra well, doesn't he? I mean, massively. The um, amount of times that he would start from the pit lane just to provide entertainment as well in like a DTM car or something. That's yeah, it, yeah. He, used to, he used to. I think he used to run. Was it in the Dutch Touring Cars no, Championship or something? Cars he had, yeah. Um, and then yeah, you're exactly right. Um, because they couldn't stand really the standing start, which was. The only one thing I wasn't too keen on in the CNC heads is always standing starts. They did debate having a rolling start at one point. And those people that remember me in the 205 from years ago, my standing starts aren't my forte. Rolling starts are really the way to go. So, um, yeah, I, that was the only thing. I used to be surrounded sometimes on the grid by Caterham's Westfields in the CNC heads. And, and uh, Brian and Colin used to stand on the bank and make bets whether I'd come out sort of in sixth where I'd started on the grid or whether I'd come out in 16th. And usually they were right. 16th was usually I was about to say, as a commentator, we love that as well. Right, I'm going to have to just two seconds. I've just got to pop out and grab something. And we've got a few more questions. This is really bad, but I've got no choice. Two seconds. <laughs> I think he needs to go to the toilet. I think that's probably it. It's all those GNTs. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what was your favourite circuit? <laughs> Sorry about that. I hope you guys were still chatting amongst yourselves there. (laughs) A consummate professional to the end. Sorry, I had no choice then. I had to just quickly go and sort that one out. I kept saying to Brian, we are still being heard, so shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I knew that would be part of the entertainment there as well. Uh, But uh, Tracy Promage, well done, Claire. Thought he was teetotal bringing me drink, but uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Most important one to bring up. The hero you were you were talking about this hero, Joe. Oh dear. Like I was going to say, my daughter's just texted me and said, "This is awkward." Obviously, when you weren't there. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, I do apologise. I had absolutely no choice. I had to run out and quickly sort something out there. Uh, Joe uh, Lukovic, who of course you said an amazing job that she's done there. Thanks for your lovely comments, champion. Great to have a girl power on the track. All Coombe drivers, oh, where's it gone? All Coombe drivers are amazing. Hope they can get out racing again soon. Take care. Of yeah. course, she's having kittens about this at the minute, isn't she? Loving yeah. all the Coombe drivers. Mm, I'm sure she is. And as I say, if anybody can deal with it, it will be Jo because she's the best coordinator ever mm-hmm. and, and she's so calm and, I mean, and you organized. know, and so organized. So organized. She's. Yeah, so it has to be really in that job because it's really tough. And I, I, I've said to her many times, I really appreciate all the hard work she puts in because uh, not many people could do it. Um, and I've been, as you know, well, so have you been part of Coombe a long time and she's the first person that has been able to cope with it efficiently. I will say in all the years I've been racing there. So, yeah, great. Yes. Yeah, it's a tricky job for all of them, and it's so well done, Joe. Thank you for watching, and uh, uh, great to see that. And you take care as well, Joe. And uh, it kind of a great follow-on to this. To this is that Matt Coyle has made a very valid comment. The first meeting at Castle Coombe after this storm has passed, 
is going to be the best ever. We can't predict the future, but we can look forward to it. That's a beautiful sentiment. And, and I agree. I think it's going to be quite emotional when we get things underway again. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, you know, we're busy saying thank you always to lots of accidents, but yeah. over excitement. <laughs> well, there's probably that as well. You're probably right, and people have forgot how to drive. I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a lot of red mist at the first meeting. I think with everyone wanting to win the first one. So. Yeah. But I can imagine it being one of those things on the mic. Is that there's going to be sort of like quite an emotional, uh, you know you know welcome to everyone because we're going to be so such a family and we're going to be delighted to be back there so i agree with your sentiments matt and some lovely worlds there um sophie said she loved you beating uh mr robinson (laughs) (laughs) but i know that that's playful banter i don't think mr robinson liked it very much but yeah no (laughs) (laughs) um Someone else here saying, Phil Wright, um, is saying, hi, both. Any thoughts about running the Dave Allen Trophy race when it runs next? Be cracking to see you out. That's one thing that you guys, you know, you could come back for potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I'd already talked to Joe about that. If we had got a car and it had progressed as, as we possibly thought it was going to, we'd all, I'd already said to Joe, yeah, that's an option. We can come do that. So, yeah, I mean, nothing. I'm not saying no to anything, Chris, at the moment, but I can't say yes to anything at the moment either. So we just, just let Understand. it yeah, no, I understand, but I, I'm excited. Good cop comment, Phil, because uh, absolutely, I'd uh, uh, I'd forgotten that one. And why do I recognise Phil Wright in that car? What does he race in? That Castrol liveried uh, Honda VTEC. I've seen him in something. Um, good comment, Elliot Harris. What's your most memorable race win for both of you? No, I'll go for I'm sp- thinking okay. about it. Uh, my <laughs> most memorable race win, well, in 2015, the um, Thunder Championship came to Castle Coombe and I was leading with one lap to go and Henry overheated and I had to pull off with one lap, literally one lap to go. So, of course, in 2019, when they returned and I won both races outright with the likes of Andrew Robinson and all this big machinery that normally I don't see, you know, they power into the distance... Um, and I had a lucky Kira on my bumper for the for the whole race. I think that was one of my favourite races to actually beat beat all the Thunders and Lucky Kira, who is an amazing driver and is racing every weekend. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that was one of my favourites. I think some of my best racing goes back to 1966 and and then because it was a bit bit nostalgic, nostalgic, sorry, and. Um, I just had some really cracking, very, very close races where you get a little bit of rubbing and uh, <laughs> every, everyone, uh, you know, it just it, it was it was the atmosphere as well that was there. And, and that's interesting because that's the year that, of course, that you finished as a class winner. But right up until that last meeting when you broke down, you were leading the championship, and yet you still have that as your your top memory. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He, I, I, on our uh, wall, we've got a, a, a painting of uh, myself and it, it, Ian, someone, I can't think of his surname, who was sort of that close together, about half an inch apart. Wow. Brilliant uh, painting, taken from a photograph. That's amazing. And that's in the Westover Saloon Car Championship, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 11 wins and you had a reputation for having smoking tyres apparently well, what it was it, it was very difficult to get race tyres uh, <laughs> and it was only Dunlop that made them and they were called D7s and what what, what we uh, what we 
do, and if you see a lot of the photos taken at about that time, you'll see a big cloud of smoke coming off the um, outside front tyres, especially um, coming out of Druid and going up to Clearways. So, wow. That that's probably the good old days when we you could you, you could see it and smell it and everything. Yeah, we, when we were burning Castellar. Uh, and I'm going to bring this up because we we sort of touched on this. Nick Mizen won Class D last year. I was trying to remember whether he had. So he did. Yeah. Thank you for that. And he's a lovely guy. That's why I wanted to make that point that we touched on that. Um, Andrew Bird has asked the question. And in fact, I'll put it to both of you. What was the best race car? And I think, Brian, you've already answered this one with the Mini, I think you said was your best, that you've had over, but also to you for over the 33 years. And would you buy it again to keep? So what was your best race car? Well, I'd have to say two, actually. Uh, the two, Red 205 that obviously I raced in, in the first year of the Saloon Car Championship at Coombe. That was an amazing car and we loved driving it. Um, and... Henry sort of became, I mean, we bought, we bought the Cooper, say at Cooper, um, I think it was to the end of 2008 and it sat in our garage. And at that point I'd never driven anything on slicks. I'd never drink, driven anything left-hand drive and it, you know, and it didn't have a, it was left, left foot braking. So it sat in our garage and every now and again, I'd open the garage door and go, Ooh, beastie, that looks scary and close the door again and not think, <laughs> oh, no, I, don't, I don't think I can get in it. <laughs> we went out testing it. Um, and and the first race meeting at Coombe, it was I think the end of 2009, I think we decided it was. Um, it was in the GT race and I, 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 I'd gone out and qualified. And between qualifying and the race, I had literally three or four Caterham drivers who, who were in the same race coming up to me saying, you must be sandbagging. You haven't gone quick enough. You must be sandbagging. I went, no, I'm driving it as quick as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so in answer to the question, I think the SEAT, because of the learning experience for me as a driver, from all the different things that I had from pre what I'd previously driven, that must have been my favourite car because by the end of it, you know, after a six-month break between the end of one season and starting it, I get in it and it was like putting on a comfortable pair of slippers and I was quick straight away in it, you know. But um, wasn't to that, start with, it was a big learning curve. Wasn't that the one where it rained? As you'd yeah, also, the, uh, yes, yes. Well, flat. yeah, the, the race and I was just talking about. Adrian Thornton wouldn't let them anyone come in to change tyres and basically poured down for the whole of the race and yeah. he also said they were going off at every other corner. Yeah, no, this was my first race in Henry in a GT, as I say, that during between qualifying and, and the race, people were asking me, well, had I been sandbagging in qualifying? And I honestly hadn't. I was driving it as fast as I could. And we went out onto the grid on slicks, first time I would have ever raced on slicks, and it rained during while we were sitting there, you know, lining up absolutely torrential rain as you all know that you get it coom it's horrendous at times. <laughs> uh, we went round on the warming up lap and there were people falling off on the warming up lap and i thought i came up to the grid and i thought i'm gonna die this is it, yeah, this it is should, the race shouldn't have been and, run and it started and i'm not joking every corner i went round and i was driving it slower than i ever did my 205 round there just to finish and every corner i went round, there was another car off in the barrier and it was <laughs> oh jeepers it was yeah that was my first race in the Sayat. But yeah. I was about to say, baptism of fire. It was. And then obviously we had the fire in 2007, so that followed on from that. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. I, I like this question. Ian Frogger has said, have either of you talented racers done any single-seater racing? <laughs> no, Ian. No. He knows that. <laughs> he knows Oh. That. <laughs> Is he stirring? 
<laughs> he's been cheeky. Yes, he's been very cheeky. I thought it was going to be a slightly ruder question than that because we do that quite well. Probably come back and say you've been in Formula One yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so neither. I mean, it's it's one thing that does come up quite a bit. So you, have you ever been tempted to give? I don't know. Say even just say Formula Four to go. Well, Not Brian, me. No, Brian's only experience in a full in any sort of open top car was at Thruxton driving it back to the garage and you put it in the wall, uh, didn't you? Because you missed no, the brake no, pedal. No. Being parked up. <laughs> yeah, I've only ever taken the Formula Fours back for Alan Cooper on you know at the end of a school day. So no, nothing other than that. Nothing. No. I'm no. Not, no. Always want a roof. Anyway, yeah. you missed a question. Out, you asked. They also answered it, and I didn't. What was the, the favourite car that I think I ran? And I'm going to say the 205. Oh, really? Do you know uh, why? The reason why is I thought that you'd largely alluded to the Mini being your favourite. Not, not, not necessarily my favourite, but I thought oh. that I, I really enjoyed the 205. And I don't know whether you were going to the Well, you must have been, yeah, going to the circuit. And when, when Elsa was driving, and you were standing at, like camp, and then she was coming down from Bobby's, or, or was it? Was this, Tower. From, oh, no, the, the, oh. from Tower, yeah. And the induction noise out of the car from the, from the um, four Weber carburetors fitted to it, it was greater than the exhaust noise. <laughs> That was, that, yeah, yeah. that was the year that also won the I championship. Think the, the I think it was line. before they had drive-by noise limits, thank goodness. Otherwise, I, don't, I think it would have failed because it used it to pass on the exhaust, but the front end of it was so noisy, <laughs> as, as all the people who've got a 205 now must know about. So, um. I love that. That is so cool. Uh, right, we're going to whip through some of the uh, the questions so that everybody's been addressed. Uh, uh, Ian Jones has said, Kaylee Mizzen Jones says, what's it like to race against each other? I would love to race against my dad. Yeah, well, we've had lots of races against each other, loads and loads. Um, I mean, we've always had fun. There was only that one instance at Brands where it got a bit nasty, which we mentioned earlier. <laughs> uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, we've we've always realised that if there's any dents or damage, we'd be the ones to be picking up the bills. So we've always, you know, had to be a bit careful, um, you know, about allowing a little bit more room maybe than you would otherwise. But, yeah, very close and competitive. You know, we've had many, many results where we've been next to each other, first, second or third, fourth, and, you know, spent the whole 10 laps chasing each other. So good fun. Yeah. And, and Brian, I mean, obviously you were racing beforehand and... and... Uh, sort of got uh, also into the racing scene and, and you enjoyed that, that the both of you were now doing it? Well, I did. And I mean, as she improved quite dramatically and very quickly, um, she was just another competitor to me. You know? Yeah. But it meant you weren't on your own. So that was the main thing, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Only on our own towing all the way to these distant places when we had two cars, because of course we needed two towing vehicles, two trailers, two race cars. So we'd hop in in a car on a, a Friday morning at five o'clock and we'd arrive at whatever, got to Alton Park at three o'clock in the afternoon. And at one point we had like a little CB radio so we could talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, not the Bluetooth, uh, you know, for your mobiles <laughs> back then. No, exactly. Uh, Ryan Clark says, hey, everyone, have you both raced abroad? I have. Oh, you, we, we both have, yeah. We've, we've, been Park, to, we? we've been to Ireland, yeah, Mondello Park. Mondello Park. Park. Uh, in the days of the production saloon car championship, we went to Mondello Park, so up on a ferry and off we go. Did we ever? We were talking about one time going to Belgium, but we've never been. Yeah. No. But other than that, no. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind Spa, but you know, with the C ones, Gary, are you listening? Yeah. 
Uh, right. Oh, I apologise. Sophie Owen has said, Lacey is now a sister. He's got a six-month-old now. Alfie is the spitting image of AJ. It's scary, so that's good oh to see. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, this is lovely. we got uh, Sharon Ballard, obviously the wife of uh, uh, Rob Ballard that uh, raced in the uh, in the saloon cars as well. And, and Shaz is a, a lovely, lovely lady. Hope you're both uh, well and happy, I'm sure that will say. So, again, this sort of shows the extended family, doesn't it? Yes. He had a lot of bad luck with that new car he built, hasn't he? It's kept sort of breaking he has. And the unfortunate thing is that they really think they've got that sorted and they've not managed to get into the season. But over the winter, they believe they got to the bottom of that. Uh, was it the VW uh, Sirocco, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah fingers crossed. And, and uh, Rob and Chaz are just lovely, lovely people. And great to see them back out racing as well. Um there we go. Apparently, uh, Andrew Bird saying gin is good for my commentating voice, apparently. So, <laughs> thanks, Doc. Oh. <laughs> thanks, Doc. I'll go with that. Uh, yeah, Ian Danaher saying invite them again. I'd agree with that, definitely. Uh, what's I say? Go on from that. Uh, <laughs> everyone's grasping me up saying I went for a wee. <laughs> apologies, apologies, guys. <laughs> Guess that, yeah. I, I had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't even that. I'm just a nightmare, I'm just terrible at that. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, yes, I wash my hands, so don't panic, everybody. I can see that coming up plenty as well. Um, everybody loving seeing you, but I'm just trying to find the next question. Uh, from my dad again, uh, final question. Why not get Elsa and Brian as guests at the first race meet after the lockdown as they are such a classic racing couple? Oh, bless them. Yeah, we, we, we might come if we're... Yeah, we, we were supposed to be at the first meeting on Easter Monday because Joe invited us as a previous saloon car champion and they were going to do some sort of, I guess, yep. a lifetime thing on the grid, weren't they, of, of all the champions they were trying to get together. So we were going to come on Easter Monday and, of course, that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, we'd love to. I mean, we love Coombe, so... Stay out for us, brilliant. Yes, please. Which, and only if your dad had come, though. That's the only proviso. Deal. So hopefully he's heard that and he will. But uh, even Joe's piped up and said, David Dawes, uh, they were invited to the 25th saloon anniversary and the 45th GT anniversary this year, as Ilsa has won both. And they are always welcome. And so Joe's made the point that uh, you couldn't put it that way. We can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Mason, did someone say gin? Well, if you insist, you're a medical, so you're allowed whatever you want, mate. You're doing an amazing job. Uh, Paul Millard, as a marshal, please can you thank both Brian and Ilsa for always waving to the marshals after every race? Yes. Oh, well done, guys. Yeah, thank thank you. you to the marshals. I, I, you know, as I said earlier, I, I just can't thank them enough because what they do, you know, being there and oh, they fished me out a few cars before. So um, yes, thank you so much and help me get that Limit Henry on a low loader when it won't be towed and all that stuff. So yes, nightmare. Yeah, but I bet they always sort of gasp when they see me pull upside because they know it's going to be uh, in Henry. It was always a problem to get him loaded. So, uh, yeah, thank you always uh, from the bottom of my heart because they're amazing, the Orange Army. 100%. And, yeah, so humble because, uh, like, I thank them on the comms and they always are thankful that I'm thanking them and they're thankful that you're thanking them. And it's like, no, guys, we're thankful to you. You're the heroes. We couldn't do it without them, so, you know. Exactly. It wouldn't happen, would it? Uh, Ian Danaher, who of course is uh, Clark of the Course, always a pleasure to have these two on any grid over the years. Thanks, big thumb up, and and that sort of sums up the attitude that we've all had and why we were keen to get you on. And and what was lovely uh, for all of you watching to know 
is the humility from these two is that they were surprised that I was asking them to come on the show. And it was only really because we we always catch up at every race meet that we we bump into each other that you kind of went, okay, he's going to chat to us. But you were kind of humble about the fact that it was even wanted. And, and hopefully you're now seeing why we wanted you on, that this is the general feeling. Jake Cox, I'm going to jump in so you don't have to answer that, by the way, because I know that would be uncomfortable. But Jake Cox has said, Brian Cox, what happened to the Evo? I sold it to Ian Roberts, who then entered it in some of the um, Euro saloons. Yeah, I think he's only just sold it. Yeah, last time we saw it, actually, it was up at um, Owen Developments, uh, Mark... Mark Harrison, Harrison, Mark Harrison, yeah. uh, Mark Harrison who used to run uh, the Sayat on his rolling road for us, it was parked in his bazaar, he parked in his garage, and we went, oh, that's your Brian's old Evo, so yeah, mm. and that was last year or year before. Yeah, so. And he apparently spent quite a lot of more money on it, but I, I, I don't recall seeing him racing it. Uh, on the season. Yeah. No. It's always bizarre, isn't it? I've, I love watching the history of cars moving around all over the place and uh, and what have you. Um, okay, uh, we're now sort of... Uh, oh, my dad's put, I'll be there if you will. So he said he will be there for that if you will. Uh, Tim Perry, one of the Orange Army, has said, you will always be welcome. Love hearing from you both. And I think that that's the great thing is that that is the, the, the sentiments that everyone's gone. You know, we, we've, we've barely touched on just because there's so much racing between you, multiple class wins, multiple championships that have been secured in saloons and GTs in in things that weren't at Castle Coombs and not as good. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can be as good as Castle Coombs. No. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, it, it genuinely has been an absolute pleasure. Apologies. I had to d- dick, <laughs> sort of duck out for a moment there. but. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, exactly. I am. I am. You imagine what it's like for me when I'm in the commentary box. (laughs) Yeah, it proves you're human. We didn't think you were because you're such a good commentator, Chris. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you very much indeed. It's always a pleasure. We hope that we're going to see you back. Um, And I know that it's the unknown where you're going to be next, Ilsa. And and obviously that would then always involve the two of you in the paddock. Thank you so much for joining. We're going to be joined. I'm going to be joined in a second by uh, um, Tom because we're going to let you know what's coming next in the, in fact, we've got like four shows that are already planned. Um, but everybody's saying thank you to you both. Thank you for, for coming on. And I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, very, much so. yeah, yeah. very much so. It's right. uh, interesting, especially for Brian to talk about the early 60s and mid 60s. Great, great. So, and I just want to, Another big thank you to everyone at Castle Coomer who organises it, from Joe, Emma, Maria, everybody in the office, the Ian, uh, you know, Clark's the course. Luckily, I don't have to see them very often. Ken and all those people, marvellous. You know, they run it all. And, and the Orange Army, big, big thank you to everybody. And also thank you to all the competitors that have made my racing history and career so memorable because I've got some wonderful memories and we've had a wonderful time racing. So thank you all. No, lovely, lovely sentiments. And I'm getting so many comments now coming in. Thank you both. Thank you for it. You're you're absolute hero. So on that note, that's probably the best way to leave it with you too. I'm still going to be here for a second because Tom's coming in. But but please, both of you stay safe and we look forward to seeing you back at the circuit. Yeah, we'll be there. First yeah. meeting. Right okay, then. Joe. Thanks for the tickets. Bye-bye. We, bye. we, we, can, we can turn off now, can yeah, we? Yeah, don't panic. I'll turn you off. We got you working throughout, but <laughs> love you both. <laughs> Love to you both. <laughs> Love to everyone.
So I'm now bringing uh, Tom in. So here comes Tom any second now. You can listen to the rest of it and there might be some... Oh, although... Uh, where's he gone? Tom's, Tom has come in, but his camera's not showing just yet. So uh, hopefully he'll be in in a second because... And, and thank you all for your comments there of, of saying love to them. It is great. Tom's there, but his camera's not showing. I'm just going to remove. Come back in again, Tom, uh, in a second. And I can. I think I can hear Ilse and Brian in the background, but they'll turn that off in a second. Who, who can I hear in the background? I can hear somebody there. Here, here comes Tom again. So let's, uh, I'll leave him to, to join in. What, uh, apologies that that was a long one, guys, but frankly, when it's those two, uh, it's, it's absolutely vital that, that we're going to give them the time that is necessary. And, uh, I'm not sure we seem to have an issue. It might be at my end because it's gone on for a little while, but I'm going to run with this because I'm going to update you with what we've got coming up this Sunday. You've all wanted him. It's Beardy. Richard Beardy is coming onto the show. Uh, of course, he's the, uh, the the chief of the marshals, and he's going to be in uh, on this Sunday, and uh, we're going to have a great chat with him, and, and he has agreed to it. And I know that you're going to be uh, pleased with that because so many of you were asking for this. Next item. Next Wednesday, we have, uh, again at 7 p.m., Paul Lawrence. And he has been, uh, he's been a marshal at Castle Coombe for a long time. He's also been uh, writing in uh, all the different journals. Tom will be able to say a bit more there if we can get his cam working. But sadly, there seems to be a bit of an issue there. Uh, it's probably at, at this end. So apologies, Tom. I know you're trying your best. Here's a big one. To be finally confirmed, but it does look like a week on Sunday, Steve Parrish is going to be our guest. What an entertaining show that is going to be. He is, I've, I've hosted awards with him. He is just an almighty character. Obviously, he's big on the two wheels, and that's where we mostly know him from. But we have got involved with him. Um, the Caterhams, he's raced Caterhams in the BP livery at Castle Coombe. He's raced the BP livery trucks as well, not at Castle Coombe, sadly. Uh, sadly. Uh, in the TVR Tuscans as well, he's done all sorts. So hopefully, we should see him a week on Sunday. So that would be entertaining. New one to let you know about is that I have confirmed two weeks today, we've got the Channel 4 Formula One commentator, Ben Edwards. Ben Edwards is going to be on the show with us. I've, uh, uh, thank you to Peter Maybon that set that one up. And I've then been conversing with Ben Edwards. He's going to come on the show. Of course, he's raced the Formula Fords at Castle Coombe as well. And just amazing sequence of guests that we've got coming up and that you know we've got so many more already lined up we know that putt is already agreed so we're going to get steve putt on the show um possibly the sunday after that but literally we've got so many people that are going to come on this show and i'm so delighted that you are getting involved with the comments the questions it's kind of off the cuff as you saw tonight when i suddenly had to go to the loo uh, apologies about that but i had no choice it is just so much fun to see that you're getting involved, you're enjoying it. It's escape for all of us, myself included. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you. Please stay involved with the questions. I'm going to leave you go because the numbers are coming down. Tom's, uh, from my end, I've got an issue that's not allowing Tom in for whatever reason. But the numbers are starting to go down. So I'm going to leave you to go to bed. Thank you so much for joining in tonight's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. We know that they're heroes of the circuit. But for now, we'll see you on Sunday where we've got Richard Beard.
But until then, stay safe. Good night, all.